2: Hey everyone, welcome to Grinders Live today, we got a real special day, basketball is back for the first time in I don't even know how many months, all time is split together over quarantine, and we have a fairly full baseball slate, we got plenty of stuff to go through, FYI guys, don't worry, stay tuned for crunch time afterwards, full crunch time with both NBA and MLB, free for everyone, so stay tuned for that, but I'm going to introduce one of my best buddies here at RG, Stevie, how you doing over there buddy?
3: basketball has not played since March 11th. And the only reason that I know that is because that's my birthday. And uh, that's how I celebrated my birthday was NBA getting shut down. So um, that's the only reason that I know that it, they haven't played since March 11th.
2: Yeah. Uh, sports being shut down. And then <laughs> on top of that, you haven't had a newborn. So I'm sure that was a fun few months of quarantine. Oh boy. But gosh, it's good to be back. We got two games tonight. I have a lot of random sports bets on it because they just have so many darn promos. I just keep throwing them in. So I don't even know who I have or what I have on any given site, but I've got plenty of bets here, but I am more focused on baseball for the moment right now. Cause I know that they're going to be going, they are going to have a full half hour. I believe to go over NBA during crunch time. We'll have meansy on there. We'll have rough. We'll have all sorts of people on there just doing whatever, but we got to go through some baseball just quick, overview on the slate anything that immediately stood out to you sir
3: um you know i feel like there are some really good options at pitcher um you know at the top i feel like there's a couple fades and you know i feel like that not i wouldn't say mid-tier but like right below the elite pricing um there's a bunch of options and you know i'm kind of liking what i'm seeing like ownership wise on some of these guys so um i think it's going to be a really interesting slate, you know, when you're looking at, like, some of these guys you like, and they're under 10%. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be fun.
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be fun, too. Here, guys, if you haven't signed up a premium, go ahead and do that. You get all these little extensions here. You look at the starting lines page, and you know exactly what the projections are according to RG, the ownership projections, pricing, everything all over the place here. But let's get started. Let's look at the highest-owned pitchers on the slate. I want to hear your thoughts on them. we got Shane Biber. Sitting there at 31% projected here. We got Bundy, a guy that generally you don't play when he's heavily owned, but it's a different team. It's a great matchup, and he's projected here at 38%. Those two guys are two of the more expensive pitchers on the slate, but they are two of my favorite options here. Let's start off with Bieber here. Got a decent matchup, or not a decent matchup here, going up against the Twins. We know that they've been hitting bombs constantly. We know that they can really just beat up on any pitcher here. But Bieber got great stuff around a three x XFIP last year, one of the, some of the best numbers in the majors last year. It's not great hitting weather, but it's not terrible. What are your thoughts on using Bieber here up at the top?
3: Yeah, like I think ceiling and talent-wise, Bieber is the best pitcher on the slate. Um, like I don't think that's even a question. Um, my biggest concern is, you know, he gives up a lot of hard contact, um, you know, against a team with a lot of power. The strikeout, the ceiling upside for Bieber is definitely there. Um, you know, I was playing around with lineups before. Um, you know, if you listen to the morning grind, I, I play usually one to three lineups per site. And like at this ownership, like I might just fade him. Um, you know, then I don't have to worry about getting leverage of my bats or anything like that because with him being projected as the second highest known pitcher on the slate, and if I fade him, you know, I'm fine. Um, So for me, I think where I'm going to try to get some leverage on this slate is just kind of, you know, not playing Bieber. I think he's an excellent option for tournaments. The ceiling. Um, I think you could play him in cash games if you really wanted to, but um, you look at it and, you know, Donaldson, Cruz, Garver, Sano, Buxton, they strike out a bunch, but like the rest of these guys, Kepler doesn't strike out. Polanco doesn't strike out. Rosario puts the ball in play. Like, there's some contact guys here, too. So, uh, for me, I think Bieber is a guy that I'm going to personally stay away from, but I do like his ceiling.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing. 30% ownership. He absolutely is the top pitcher on the slate, and I don't think they're any arguing that. But, like, one thing that he really struggles with, we look over here on plate IQ, 44% hard contact rate. Granted, he doesn't get a ton of fly balls. But we look at plate IQ here. ISO, like, there's Arias. That's it. He's the only guy that doesn't hit the ball out of the ballpark but Kepler 279, Donaldson 272, Polanco 199, Cruz 290. Like all the way up and down this lineup there is a ton of power. And we look at the fly ball numbers here and almost everyone gets the ball up in the air outside of Cruz and Donaldson and we know that they're at risk to hit the ball out of the ballpark at any given time here. They have two of the highest ISOs on the entire slate in this lineup here. So I am right there with you like just because of his massive ownership which is entirely justified but not someplace you really have to go. What about over on the other side? Like a interesting pivot is Berrios. He, we know that he's a much better real-life pitcher than he is a actual fantasy pitcher. We look at his K rate, 23%. His X-Switch a little bit high, but he always seems to outplay that a little bit because he gets a decent amount of ground balls, and he just kind of knows how to pitch. And he gets a matchup going up against these Indians. Top of the line, is real tough. But then we got Fran Mill, we got Zimmer, we got Santana, we got Leon. Like all these guys, massive K guys. Are you interested in all of it? swapping over from Bieber over to Berrios or even to a guy like Hap going up against the Orioles here at around the same price tag, knowing that you're just going to get substantially less ownership.
3: Um, I don't like either one of these guys. Actually, Barrios had zero command in his first start. Um, like he, he struggled. Um, like he his, his stuff just wasn't moving at all. And until like I see a good start from him, I'm okay with fading him, especially – like, yeah, Reyes and those guys like the bottom of the order, they strike out a ton, but like the top of the order can do damage. Those guys have power at the bottom of the order too. So I think Barrios out of, over Hap, like if you were gonna pick out of the three, um, I think it'd be Barrios over Hap, but I, I don't like Hap. Like I, I kinda like Baltimore here. I have a few like many Baltimore stacks, Hayes, Alberto, um, Nunez, so Hap is a guy that really struggles with righties. He's elite against lefties, but a lot of fly balls, a lot of hard contact to righties, um, lower strikeout rate. And they went very right-handed heavy against him here. Um, like, Chris Davis is not in the lineup and stuff. So, I, I like what Baltimore did, and I actually think Baltimore is in play as far as, like, you know, potentially stacking against Hap. Yeah, uh,
2: I don't like stacking Baltimore, but I think you might be right. Like, Hap not nearly the pitcher he used to be still gives a decent amount of hard contact and fly balls. But if you're not using those guys up there, are you going with Bundy? Are you all over Bundy? Like I am,
3: I have, you know, a good amount of Bundy um, on both sites right now. I don't think I don't, honestly, I don't think my lineups are going to change much from right now until lineup lock. I, I think what I have, uh, assuming that everybody's in the lineup, I like what I was able to build. Um, I like Bundy a lot. You know, he's a guy that I think is a, an excellent option I think Lamett's the best pitcher on the slate for me. Um, he's my top option. It's a great matchup against San Francisco. Derek Hardy talked about it yesterday on Grinders Live on how like this ballpark's playing a little bit differently I this was year. I there. Uh, you were. You were. Um, so I went and read that article. They talked about it on the broadcast last night as well. But um, like that ball, the first home run that Yaz hit last night, probably is not a home run if the gates um, are not closed up. So, you know, we definitely have to respect that, but Lamette is a guy that has plenty of strikeout upside, great control. And, you know, his fly balls, I'm not too concerned with. So like, as long as he doesn't go out there and walk a ton of people, I think Lamette is going to be the guy today.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely a guy And to me. It's, it's, him just because of ownership. Like, it's obviously site dependent. It, things change a little bit. Pricing is a little bit different on each site, but right now, my two main guys are Lemay and it's Bundy. Uh, like, Lemay is coming in at 19% ownership, it looks like right now. Giants, one of the lowest run totals on the entire board today, lower than, the, uh, lower than Minnesota. May has a 33% strikeout rate, so I'm right there with him. What about a guy that we always hate playing? We always hate playing when he's a little bit chalky. But coming in around 14%, this Diamondbacks-Dodgers game, has a 9.5 total here. Stripling, we don't know how late he's going to go into the game. Robbie Ray going up against a very tough Dodgers lineup, but he's sitting there at 7.1K. Has one of the highest strikeout rates on the entire board today. It's M. Lamette and Bieber, I think, are all three up at the top there. He's sitting at 7.1K. Seems a little bit low, and even against a tough Dodgers team, doesn't really matter. He can get anyone out on strikes at any given time here. Any interest on Ray here in a very possible volatile matchup?
3: Yeah, they didn't let him go too deep, but he he really struggled in that first start. It's a really tough matchup against the Dodgers. Um, I do think um, Singer is going to be pretty popular in this price range. So if you want like a pivot off a of Singer, I think Ray is definitely an option. I still prefer Brady Singer instead um, than Ray. And like, depending on the site, Max Freed, um, I think is an interesting pivot as well. Um, because you know, I, I do think he's actually a good option here against Tampa. So like if you're playing on FanDuel and you're wanting to save some money and you're wanting to pivot off of the chalk of Bundy, um, I think Max Freed is an option over there.
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm just not really a huge Freed guy. Uh,
3: I you work 1. with me all the time. It's a young Braves pitcher. What do you expect me I, to say?
2: Oh, I know, I know, I know that you like him. <laughs> we've had this. Sorry, we've talked about this a lot of times. And you look at his numbers last year: three point three xFIP, twenty four percent K rate. But he did a little bit worse towards the latter end of the year. He is going up against a fairly high strikeout Rays team here, so I don't hate it that much. I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I like the upside with Ray. I like the price tag of Bundy better than free. So. I'm a little bit less off but that 7% ownership percentage, I hadn't really seen until now. And the win uh, possibility is definitely there. You might be uh, taking me over there a little bit. We talked about Singer a little bit. This guy had one start already, came up from the minors, went straight from AA, if I remember correctly, had decent numbers in AA, but nothing that just stood off the page. But he is going up against Detroit here. Detroit, a team that we really like to target against last season, got a few new bats in there in Scope and Crone. But we look at the K numbers versus righties here, and all the way up and down here on plate IQ, red, red, red Cabrera, who we're not really worried about. Red, 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 red. Like, there are a lot of strikeouts in this lineup here. Singer looked pretty darn good in his first start. Five innings, seven Ks. Look at his numbers. xwick 35% K rate. Did get a little bit wild here, but not really something we're terribly worried about with this Detroit team. Go ahead and sell me on him a little bit more. Cause I know that price tag is good. I know he has some potential and this isn't the worst matchup in the world, but I don't know if I'm going to end up going with him too much.
3: And you just have a dude that like, he came out and he was like against right-handed hitters. He's like, all right, hit my slider. Um, you know, in that first start. So like I did a little research, I, I you know dug into like Detroit against sliders and they're not very good against sliders. So like, I don't expect singer to come out and throw 60% sliders again, but like if he's throwing at that high a percentage and c- generating as much soft contact and ground balls as he did, they have what seven righties in the lineup or six righties in the lineup. So I-, I think singer is a guy like just commit to it, right? Commit to the slider, the fastball to keep people off. He threw two pitches and he looked great. Like, you know, he had a, a really good poor hit rate. The swinging strike rate was fantastic. The contact rate was fantastic. It's one start, but if he's going to show us that kind of stuff and he gets a much better matchup here, like Detroit Tigers, this lineup is – um, it's really bad. It's really, really bad.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel you there. I mean, my problem is two-pitch guy, like if the slider isn't working,
3: he's going – He's in this. trouble. Like Yeah, he, he's, he, yeah he's, he's screwed. I mean, we've seen this before
2: with, what, Ronaldo Lopez – just kind of goes slider of guys, fastball, so. but it's a little bit less of a worry when you're facing predominantly right righties. And we look at the lefties in this lineup here. Castro, obviously not someone we're really too worried about. Stewart, not a great hitter. And Candelario, I mean, he's I think he's worse from the left side of the plate than he is the right side of the plate. So the lefties in this lineup aren't really that worrisome. Yes, Cabrera, Scope, Crone, uh, Maven can all hit the ball at the ballpark. If they actually catch a hold of that slider, we saw what happened the first matchup. He did give up a 50% hard hit rate with his slider there, but that's just what happens with sliders. So if you guess right, then you can take it out of the ballpark real easily. It's a little bit easier with a two-pitch guy like that, but that just means they're going to be just more strikeouts and there's going to be more home runs. So I don't mind taking on the other side there and stack doing a little mini stack of the power guys in this lineup with Maven, Crone, Scope, any maybe even Cabrera if you really want to. Like the price savings are there. 3.4K, 3.1K, 3.3K. Like not a ton of money. And I have a feeling most people are going to be on the Royals. But any other pitchers that you're really considering, Marco Gonzalez gets a little bit of a tough matchup going up against the Angels. They don't strike out a whole lot. And they definitely have some power in there. But Marco Gonzalez, like a guy that can go a little bit later in the game, can suppress runs. Like decent guy, just not giving up a ton. But he's facing a lot of righties here. Decent amount of varieties with Power, with Rendon, with Trout, with Upton, with Pujols even last year. he has got his first home run this year. Any interest in Marco Gonzalez or Stripling or any other guy that we haven't mentioned yet? Like, you thinking about any of
3: them? if we didn't have so many options on this slate, I think you could definitely potentially look at, like, Stripling. Um, Stripling's ownership just has me off of him here. Like, he's one of, what, three guys over 20% projected ownership here. I think Stripling's a fine option. Um, But, like, just give me, give me like, Freed or one of these other lone guys. Like, I I think Lamette's better. Like, it's just we have so many options here. I just don't think I'll – I don't have Stripling rostered right now. Um, But I could completely understand, like, if you were going to play Stripling here, it makes sense.
2: Yeah, all right. Uh, Anything else I'm missing? Here on pitching, I guess, Gaussman. like
3: Like He's an option. Yeah, I I think he's He's an option. He showed
2: some decent stuff last year. He's predominantly a reverse splits guy. He throws that splitter. And they've got Grisham, Hosmer, Profar, and Naylor in the lineup, it looks like, in the projected lineup. So he's only going up against four righties, although these righties are not righties you really want to face. So, like, any interest in Gaussman, he's only coming in at 11% ownership, 6.1K, I like the Padre stack because of the way that San Francisco or the AT&T is, like, the ball is flying. But I have to have a little bit of interest in Gausman. If he has his stuff there, if his splitter is going well, he can really mow through a lot of this lineup, especially the bottom half of the lineup. If he can just get Machado, Tatis, and Fan out, he could do some damage here.
3: Yeah, I actually – like, the Padres are probably one of my favorite stacks on the slate, so I don't think I'll end up playing Gaussman. I I understand, like – I understand everything and, like, all the reasoning to potentially look at playing him here. It's just I kind of like the Padres. Like, this lineup is legit, um, and, you know, it makes a lot of sense to potentially look at stacking against Gaussman here.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, I think we kind of mowed through – pitching so you ready to move on to the bats yeah let's do it fyi guys if you haven't signed up for the bat go ahead and do that it's a good tool to a bit of a tool but he made some good tools too <laughs> so uh, that, that's predominantly what i use we'll give you a little bit of a look at what it has to say today and let's look at the point per dollar plays here according to the Bat x draft kings there's one guy a catcher that just immediately stands off the page and it is infuriating every single day especially like yesterday when Matt Boyd just gets bad it's like crazy and they just keep hitting single after single and getting some runs even though Kansas City didn't play that well and Boyd didn't pitch that badly when you have a whole bunch of guys that are 2k 2k 2.6k like even the most expensive guy in the lineup wit is only at 4.1k we look at the prices on these Royals it's just ridiculous and we have Perez saying of there, the chalk of all chalk, 35% projected ownership. That might be low. Like 2.6 K are you using just basically Perez and Sanchez, or are you going off the board? I know how you love to pay down for catchers and Salvador Perez, super cheap catcher.
3: You almost you have to play him. Like, you know, I'm all about finding other options, but you're not going to find a guy this cheap batting that high up in the order uh, in a great matchup. So As much as I don't want to play Perez, like I have him on two or three on DraftKings right now. Um, the other option that I I think I loved seeing under 10% is Christian Vasquez against Steven Matz uh, for the Red Sox. Um, he's very good against lefties. Everyone in that range is going to pay up for Sanchez. Um, and, and like I think Sanchez is definitely in play, don't get me wrong, but Vasquez, um, power upside lower ownership under 10 percent um third highest projected owner ownership catcher but um i think perez comes into like closer to like 40 percent on this slate like he's just he's so cheap and it makes so much sense to play him it's crazy
2: yeah yeah no i'm right there with you i'm trying to figure out a way not to play him and i've I've got outside of ownership, there's literally no other reason. What about some of these other guys here? I know you talked about the Baltimore stack, and the bat here seems to like Severino a little bit. Uh, guy, he can hit lefties. Hap has some pretty extreme splits here. 42% fly ball rate, 41% hard contact rate, under a 20% strikeout rate, which is what we worry about a little bit with Severino. Like Guy had over 200 ISO last season, batting fifth in the lineup, and it good hitting ballpark like you got any interest in severino as at your catcher today because i know you like those baltimore bats
3: yeah i baltimore um love the fact that he's hitting fifth um under five percent ownership i think he's definitely someone you could look at here in tournaments if you're not playing perez and you want to punt i think stassi would be the guy um he he probably bats seventh or eighth for the angels today Going up against a, a soft toss and lefty, you're full on punting um at that point. And like that's what you're doing with Perez. And Perez is just so cheap and in a good spot that like you're you're looking to be a contrarian. Um I think Stassi's in play as well. But I like the Severino call. You're gonna hear like you're gonna you're gonna hear it when we start going into these positions. Like I'm gonna bring up a bunch of Baltimore guys today. So I think like if I'm looking at these guys, I have to be looking at Severino as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I don't I don't blame you at all. What about anyone else? Flowers gets a lefty. Will Smith gets a lefty. They're priced around the same as uh yeah. Severino. Garver, we prefer versus lefty, and Beaver's a good pitcher, but the hard contact is there. Andy getting the ball at ballpark. Andy's coming at low ownership. Anyone else that we missed outside of the clear top four options that the bat is in agreement with you?
3: Yeah, like maybe Will Smith. Um but, like, when you're looking at it, like, a lot of these catchers that, like, even that you were just talking about, like, Garver and um, Flowers is batting ninth at home. Um, like, you're you're risking only getting, like, three at-bats out of some of these guys, like, if it's a low-scoring game. So, I want guys that I'm going to get four or five at-bats. Um, and, like, Flowers, he's good against lefties. He's not great. Like, his power numbers and his strikeout rate was insanely high last season. So, I think it's going to be Perez, Stassi punt, pay up for Vasquez. Um, I actually like the Severino call more as I think about it. So, um, you know, these guys definitely make sense. I just, you know, it's it's just getting the right idea of what you want here.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to first base there because catcher is always boring to talk about. But first base, we got Voight going up against Andy Means' brother, Johnny Means, I assume. And we got O'Hearns. Same scenarios with catcher. Two guys gonna eat up a lot of the ownership. O'Hearn had a little bit of a rough season last year, but going up against a guy that does not strike out many guys, and he's sitting at 2K and Voigt just getting the per- perfect matchup. Two top plays on the slate for first base, right?
3: Um the top play to me would be Pete Alonzo, but like if you're thinking point per dollar, I think like Luke Voigt makes a ton of sense. Um O'Hearn is just ridiculous. Uh, the price in this matchup against Ivan Nova. So, like, if you just need a full-on punt, you want to pay up at you know double pitcher here. Like, he makes a ton of sense. Uh, the only thing, like, if you're if you're looking at like Perez, there's a cheap outfielder that's like three K that I like Pilar. So, like, I don't think you necessarily have to have O'Hearn today. I do think he's an option. I currently don't have him at all. Um, anytime I see a guy like twenty almost twenty five percent at min salary. I just I'm gonna play the odds and hopefully he doesn't go crazy here and hit two home runs. But um, I love Pete Alonso and I actually like the idea of looking at a guy like Otani, um, who nobody's gonna play at first base um, in a mini little like Angel stack.
2: Yeah, I mean we look at uh, Marco Gonzalez. Like everyone immediately immediately sees the lefty lefty matchup. First mm-hmm. things first, like Seattle has one of the worst bullpens in the league at least so far this year, I think. Both of those
3: teams. (laughs) Both of those teams' bullpens are terrible.
2: But Marco Gonzalez, last season, 13% K rate versus lefties. Not good. He didn't walk a bunch of guys. Gives up decent hard contact. He did worse versus lefties than righties. We look at his pitch mix here, and he throws a mean changeup and a bit of a cutter, which kind of go more towards a reverse split. Yes, he throws a curve in there, but he's not heavy throwing. Like, Otani has a good eye. Has a ton of power and because of Marco Gonzalez's pitch mix, FYI guys, if you haven't looked into pitch mix and how it affects splits and reverse splits, just general overview slider, way better going up against same handedness, changeup, way better going up against opposite handedness, cutter is better for opposite handedness, curve, depending on how it is, the arm angle and everything. It can be one side or the other, but it's predominantly a little bit leaning towards more reverse splits. But if you have a guy that has a high arm angle, Predominantly throws fastballs. They're going to have an entirely normal split. That is not what Marco Gonzalez says. He throws sinker, cutter, changeup, and uh, curve. So that's kind of leaning towards more towards a little bit of reverse splits. And people just immediately see lefty, lefty, think f that. I'm not using a lefty because it just looks different. But the way Marco Gonzalez throws, it kind of leans a little bit more towards reverse splits than it does actual splits. So a guy like Otani going up against him. Even with his high strikeout rate, Marco Gonzalez doesn't have an out pitch going up against lefties like he does going up against righties with that changeup. So I like that Otani call a lot. Looking at his ownership, he's going to be right at around 10%. I think it's going to be lower than that, depending on where he's batting in the order. And I think that people just aren't going to look into lefty-lefty matchup. And on an eight-game slate, 10% is not the worst thing in the world. We have most of the main guys up there. What about a guy like Muncy going lefty-lefty versus Ray, who's a bit better versus lefties, but... Muncy can come up to bat with three guys on base after Rays walked three guys in a row. What about Crone going up against Singer? Maybe he doesn't have the same stuff he had last time. Maybe his sinker isn't really breaking and he can absolutely give up some hard contact with that sinker. What about Freeman? Any of these other guys that you really like in here?
3: Um. So really quick, I just wanted to touch on, we have a potential weather in the Yankees um, Orioles game, which kind of stinks. Uh, Roth just posted an update about, Eight nine minutes ago, um, so definitely gonna have to pay attention to crunch time. It's free today, like Grant has said multiple times, um, to really get an idea of what we're looking at as far as the weather goes in that game, because obviously that would change a lot, and it changes a lot at first base too, because Luke Voigt, would, you know, he's one of the highest own. Um, I don't have a ton of interest in CJ Crone. I do think, like, if you want to be in like the CJ Crone range, I think Carlos um, Santana is an option against Barrios. Like I said, Barrios really lacked command in that first start, and his stuff did not look great. Um, Muncie's always in play, lefty, righty, doesn't matter. Uh, Ray is better against lefties. Freeman, lefty, lefty matchup. We have Freeman projected for like eight percent ownership. I think it comes in closer to like five. Um, if not lower, so Pete Alonso still, like, if I can pay up for Pete Alonso, I'm going to do it as much as I possibly can on this slate, but um, now, you know, a game that we love with some potential weather um, obviously can change some stuff up here, so we're definitely going to have to be paying attention to what Roth has to say for that one.
2: Yeah, uh, so one more guy that I want to mention, um, we can also mention Matt second, because he's first and second eligible, like Matts is a guy, another guy that's a little bit splits neutral. He's going up against Chavez. Chavez is sitting there at 2.3 K. We know he has a bit of pop. He's a cheap guy that you can pivot off of O'Hearn from, because not a lot of people are playing the Red Sox. They're going to see O'Hearn batting fifth. They're going to see the total for the Royals, and they're going to immediately go with O'Hearn. And Chavez is sitting there likely at around 12% ownership. So, Roughly half of what O'Hearn is. Any interest on him going up against Matt's? I mean, you could obviously play him first or a second, but we'll just cover him here since we're on it.
3: Yeah, I think the Red Sox stack is interesting. Um, they're cheap. They're really, really cheap. So you can you can fit in like J.D. with Devers not playing today. Like, you can fit in J.D. with Xander, and then you can go like Chavez. You can go um, Peraza. You can go Pilar. Like, there's so many cheap options that the Red Sox stack – if they hit the ball well, like they've been terrible. They have not been hitting the ball well at all. Um, but if they do get on the right on the right side of it today, uh, they have a ton of upside. So I definitely like Chavez. I was going to bring him up at second base. So I'm glad you brought him up. Um, I definitely think he's in play today. Probably end up playing him more at like second base. But uh, if you want to play him and Peraza, um, I guess you could play Peraza at shortstop too. So it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah. Hooray, multi-position eligibility. Let's move on to second base. And you mentioned Peraza. Let's talk about him. Batting first, 2.3K. You can get two Boston guys in there for 4.6K. Just start off your stack at second, first, short, whatever you want there out of those three positions. Peraza, I know he had that big night the other night. Coming in at 22% ownership. Are you on him?
3: No, um, I am corrected. all in. I am all in on Alberto today. So I'm really wanting this weather to be okay in Baltimore because I love him in this spot. Uh, the guy just he was so consistent against left handed pitching last season, and he's seen HAP a bunch, like Baltimore and New York play a bunch. So. I I like this spot for Alberto a lot. You know, ten percent K rate against lefties last season. Four hundred WOBA. He's gonna put the ball in play. He's not always gonna make hard contact. He's not always gonna have the best exit velocity. But like, if I'm just looking at pricing, I'm looking at ownership. Like two percent owned ownership on this guy, and like like I said, I'm all in. Um, you know, I think this is an excellent spot to play him um, on Fanduel. I think I had Lemayhew, but. I think like I'm going to end up probably going Alberto over there as well. I just, I love this spot for him.
2: Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a bold move. I'm a little bit more, I, the guy that I kind of want to play more is scope, like going up against Singer. Like I said, if the slider's not breaking, he's going to get destroyed today. And also I just kind of like a few of the prices on these Detroit backs. So I already mentioned Krohn a little bit scope here. Like I like a few of these guys in this lineup here. Um, but I, the chalk's gonna be on New York. Like the New York, watch out for the weather. Roth is coming on after this. He'll be taking you up to the minute. Weather report until the game start here. LeMayhue, Torres, both second base eligible. 25% and 23%. The bat hasn't projected as the two highest uh projected second baseman on the slate, followed by, of course, a Royals guy in wit here at second base eligibility. Like Honestly, if you want to be off the board, don't go with either, any of those three guys. Don't go with Peraza. It really does not matter what you do after that. Like, it really is irrelevant because those guys are going to garner close to 100% ownership combined. So any other guys that we missed talking about here, Kettle Marte going up against Stripling in that good Dodgers bullpen. We got Lau going up against Freed in the lefty-lefty matchup. Not going to be terribly high-owned, but it's not an easy matchup. You talked about Alberto. We got Kike Hernandez loves going up against a lefty and Zion Williamson will play Thursday. Gosh, that's good.
3: Yeah. um, I think going up to like Albies or Kettle Marte is interesting because so many people at second base are going to be paying down. Um, Albies very good against lefties, you know, 286 ISO last season against lefties. We know, how good he is against lefties. Yeah, it's a tough matchup against Yarbrough, but um, Yarbrough probably not going to go too deep into the game either. They're very careful with him. And then Kettle Marte against Stripling, you know, gonna bat leadoff here against Stripling. We know the upside for Kettle Marte is, you know, speed and power. So I think paying up at second base is definitely a way that you can, you know, create leverage and and gain some gain some ownership on the field on the slate.
2: FY, Chicago, Cincinnati will be delayed due to inclement inclement weather just so you know um and and bad mgm sending me over promos gosh i love that sports betting is legal here in colorado now um all right i think that pretty much wraps up second base there let's move on to third base who are you going with we obviously talked about Lemayhu already we already know but there's one guy we look at tags here pretty much everyone tagged him he's 2k DraftKings refuses to make my life any easier by raising his price tag. Franco hit two bombs the other night. Still just sitting there at minimum price. Are you playing Franco along with everyone else? He's only projected at 10% ownership. I feel like that's low.
3: Um, Honestly, it really is going to depend on Baltimore because I like Nunez a lot. Um, I had him on two of my three teams. Like, Alberto and Nunez, uh, again, Like I I like Baltimore a lot on the slate. So uh, do I like Franco? Yes. Will I use Franco if we get a lot of weather concerns? Yeah, uh, because it's going to open up everything that I'm going to have to fill in for the Baltimore and the Yankees stack. So um, I do like Franco. Nova stinks. Nova can't strike people out. Franco looks really good at the plate right now. So he should be... Probably at least 4K on this slate, um, and he's not. So, definitely want to take advantage of that if we get some weather in that Baltimore uh, New York game. Uh, Again, like Nunez, great spot from Nunez, a guy that has a lot of power upside against left handed pitching, and like he's cheap and nobody's going to play him. Like, you know, people don't like playing Baltimore. That's fine. Um, I usually pick on Baltimore more than anyone, too, um, but. Like, this guy, he's going to make hard contact. He's going to hit the ball hard, and I love the upside for him here against Happy. Profiles really well against him.
2: Yeah, like that call. We already talked about it a little bit. The Padres, we talked about that ballpark. Manny Machado sitting there at 4.1K. Righty-righty matchup. People are going to shy away slightly because of it and because he had a little bit of a rough season last year. We already talked about Gaussman, We talked about how he throws that splitter a lot. We know guys that do that. Frankie Montas is a guy that turned into fa- fairly splits neutral because that Gaussman is now reverse splits. Splitter doesn't do much against righties as opposed to lefties here. Machado, 4.1K, maybe a decent ballpark now that people don't know about. I really like Machado. I already said I really like the righties here. Don't mind using Gaussman on the other side because the strikeout upside versus lefties. But Machado coming in at 8%. A lot less than a guy like Lemehu at 300 bucks cheaper I think that he's a better play than Lemehu I'm not gonna be surprised in any case if Lemehu doesn't do too much and Machado ends up taking the ball the yard more than once what are your thoughts on Machado we already talked about it a little bit but give me some more
3: yeah like I, like I said like one out of three teams um, I, I really like the spot for Machado and Tatis um, like Machado is a fantastic play in my opinion here. Um, he's like in my main tournament lineup right now. So like, I, I like Machado uh, a lot. So hopefully like we don't see the ownership bump. If we like, we lose the Yankees. I feel like people are going to be scrambling a little bit and, um, hopefully Machado is not like that guy they start going to. I also like Jose Ramirez here. Um, again, I, I think Barrios is someone you can definitely stack against on this slate. I don't think a lot of people will do it and he did not look great in that first start um and if he struggles with his command here again like you're going to get a bad bad part of that Minnesota bullpen and Cleveland is a team that can score 10 plus runs on any given night so um i like Jose Ramirez too if you want to be different
2: yep right there with you what about any other guys Josh Donaldson going up against Beaver Beaver a good Pitcher, but gives up a decent amount of hard contact. And Johnson has a decent amount of plate discipline. Yandy Diaz, lefty-righty matchup, batting leadoff, 3.8K. Candelario, not a great hitter, but Singer, like I said, if that slider isn't working, he could be in some trouble there. Anyhar going ninth in the lineup there for the Yankees if that game ends up playing. Escobar, Rendon, lefty-righty matchup, like 5.4K, but you have money to spend. Any of these other guys really tickle your fancy?
3: Um, not really. Like this would be the first day that I haven't stacked the twins, so they'll probably score like 15 runs. But um,
2: it's pretty much a guarantee then. Thanks, now I'm gonna stack them all over the place.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, if Austin Riley wasn't hitting so far down in the lineup, like I'd have some interest in him. He, he showed some really good upside against lefties. Um, Anthony Rendon against the lefty at really low ownership. You know, we know the upside that Anthony Rendon has against left-handed pitching. He can hit two home runs in this game, and it wouldn't shock anybody. But, um, yeah, outside of stacking teams, I, I just don't have any interest here in a lot of these guys. So, you know, my player pool is pretty much done, like I said. Now I'm gonna, I might have to open it back up with this New York-Baltimore news. But, yeah.
2: Well, we'll see what Roth has to say after this, guys. Again, free crunch time. Get on in there. And now is probably a good time to mention SharpSide. Guys, if you haven't signed up for SharpSide – Devin, I don't know if this is the time, but now I'm telling you it's the time. If you haven't signed up for Sharpside, go ahead and get signed up. Free contests all the time. They have a current lock contest. Get more than five in a row. I think you get more free FanDuel credit just for getting more than five or more in a row. Me and Stevie happened to have the exact same bet for our lock. We didn't know that. I got a backup one. I can't remember what it is, but I got a backup one. Stevie, what was your lock for the Sharpside contest?
3: Yeah, I don't know if it was like just because it was sharp side or like if it was we we got it at the right time or whatever. But uh, Kansas City was minus one hundred three um, on the money line, so I lost my streak bet like two days ago. Won my streak bet yesterday, so my lock today is Kansas City money line um, at minus one hundred three. Like almost a pick'em for Kansas City, and I love the Royals. Um, I do not like you know Detroit um, on the other side.
2: Yeah, uh, I think that I ended up. I got that exact same thing. Like I bet it, and then it immediately changed to minus one hundred three. Either way, it still qualified for the sharp side lock bet. I went. If you want a different one, I like the Indians again. Barrios, we mentioned it multiple times, did not look great. Bieber, a guy that we do have to worry about power, but he is an ace pitcher, one of the best pitchers in the entire league. So, if you don't want to go with the Royals. Go with the Indians. I know that they're plus 107, but they should probably be favored in this matchup, in my opinion. I'm a big fan of them. But go ahead. Get that in. Let's move on to shortstop. I already talked about Peraza, so we won't talk about it again. Pretty much every single position, we are obligated to talk about a Royals bat because, again, they're all way too cheap. Mondesi moving all the way down to seventh. But going up against Nova, who's not great, cannot strike someone out. Mondesi, seventh in the order, currently predicted for 30% ownership. I'm guessing it's gonna drop a little bit lower than that. What are your thoughts on him? Are you using him?
3: Yeah, I actually like him a lot in this spot. Like I like the fact that like, he's not facing a lefty. Um he's looked kind of lost to the plate facing the lefties the last few days. Um Nova, not a big K guy. The biggest thing you worry about, Mondesi, is you know, high strikeout guys. So Mondesi, the upside is definitely there. I, I like him in the spot. Um I'm not really like I don't love any shortstop today. So like, it's just Uh, like
2: outside of Tatis
3: outside of Tatis. Um, I think Torres is going to be really popular. Um, at shortstop, I think will be really popular. So like looking at maybe like Xander, um, you know, just really like shortstop is like a last fill position for me. And if I need someone cheap, I'll play Peraza. If I have the money, I'll, I'll play, um, Lindor or Xander. Um, or if I have, you know, everything, I'll go up to Tatis.
2: Yeah, what are your thoughts on Polanco? He's 3.7K, so 400 more than Alberto Mondesi. Just straight up as a leverage play, as a game theory play, like Polanco going up against one of the chalkiest uh, pitchers on the slate there, too cheap considering how good he is, batting high up there in the order, going up against a hard contact guy. What about Polanco at 3.7K? Um, Ownership heard... is updated. I'm going to w- refresh my page. The excitement is killing
3: me right now. Let's <laughs> see what it has to say. Um, as far as Polanco goes, I think like if you're going to play a, a a hitter, like it'd be him or Kepler. Um, against Bieber, you know, under 15 percent K rate for Polanco against right-handed pitching last season. Bieber gives up a lot of hard contact, so like if I was going to play. One of, I'd play one of those two guys if I was going to take shots on Minnesota here.
2: Yeah, yeah. It looks like according to ownership, Mondesi's down at 10%. Peraza's up to 25. No interest in Peraza here. Um Anyone else that we missed, like Rousseau, going up against Freed, maybe 2% ownership. He's got some pop, but. I think we're pretty much done with shortstop. Guys, get ready to drop those questions into the chat here. looks like we're going to have a few extra minutes. Just have to go through outfield and stacks real quick, and we'll get to your questions here. And let's move on to outfield. we got Brett Phillips, because, again, we have to talk about a Kansas City guy every single time. Batting ninth in the order, but looks like the bat has him as a favorite point per dollar. Any interest in him?
3: Zero um, interest in him for me. Correct
2: I like... answer, sir. Move on. <laughs> just... Kevin Pilar, second.
3: Yes. Uh, 3K, yeah.
2: too cheap. And Solaire, 3.6K. Dude has a ton of pop. Guy, it just can hit a bomb at any given time. Strikeouts are a concern with him, but not when he's going up against Nova. Solaire, clear top play on the entire slate when we're considering point per dollar. Coming in at 20% ownership. Is that too much for you? Nope.
3: Um, like we've talked about so many spots where like I've, I'm so much lower ownership wise. So like having Solaire is not going to bother me. I think like he is one of the best plays point per dollar on the slate. So, you know, I'm okay with eating some ownership there. I like Kevin Pilar's price a lot. Um, you know, looking a, a little bit higher, I, I think like you can look at like a Trent Grisham if you're onto that game. Um, if you're like stacking Tatis and you know Machado, throw Grisham in there, have a nice little three man. Uh, but really like Judge, Stanton, Trout, um, J.D. Yes. Martinez, like like the top options, the the guys up top today are just in such great spots, like. JD is eventually going to start hitting Um, like he's too good. And I think like he, this is a spot hopefully like he can get rolling here on the road against Steven Matz.
2: Yeah. Uh, what about anyone else here? Uh, Fam We already talked about it. Padres. He's the third guy that I'd like to throw in him and Myers, two guys I like to throw into my Padres stack. Cespedes going up against Perez, righty lefty matchup. It's in there at 3.8 K Hunter Renfro, uh I don't know if you know this but he hits a lot of bombs versus lefties. Were you aware?
3: He uh yes he does.
2: Yeah, so he's definitely in there. Uh I'm trying to look at anyone else. Is there anyone that I'm missing that we need to talk about? Uh By the way, decent leverage play and uh decent low owned play, Kyle Lewis, 3.9k going up against Bundy. We know that Lewis has some pop and Bundy for some reason, just seems to give up home runs at an unruly rate. Even in L.A., like it's more of a neutral ballpark for home runs, which is a, still a lot better than Baltimore. But Lewis has some pop here, 3.9K. You get the leverage off the highest owned pitcher in the slate, and he can easily hit a bomb or two out of the ballpark. So Kyle Lewis is one of my favorite uh, GBP plays on the slate. Let's give, get some stacks, get some dongs, and then get some questions already talked about Padres. I'd say that's my favorite stack on the slate here. Who's your favorite stack?
3: You know, I, I'd say the Royals overall are my favorite stack, um, like everyone else. But, like, if I'm looking to be different, Baltimore. Like, you can roll out four or five-man Baltimore stack on the slate, and, like, I like how it looks a lot. So, Yankees, Baltimore, like, that whole game, if it plays, I, I think we're going to see a lot of runs in that game.
2: Yeah, yeah, I like the Padres, and then just because they're so expensive, like not a terrible idea is going to be going uh, Dodgers-KC as a double stack because you get guys like Turner, Betts, Bellinger, no one's going to use lefty-lefty, but Ray, like he walks a ton of guys and he gives up a ton of hard contact, so it's either boom or bust. Yes, he can strike out a ton of guys, but he could easily be in for five runs in the first like three innings. And just be get yanked, get bad parts of the bullpen, and they just go off there. Um give me give me three guys to dong on this slate.
3: Uh three guys to dong. Let's see. Um give me Nunez to hit a home run. Um I'll go a little off the board here. Um with Otani to hit a home run, and then um give me give me Machado.
2: All right, I'm gonna go with Tatis. I'm gonna go with Crone and then I should have had another guy planned. I didn't, so I'm just gonna go with the chalk answer and go Solaire here. Guys, go ahead and drop those questions into chat. I'm not seeing many, but I will get to whatever gets dropped in there as it comes in there. Let's look at the first one here. Um, guys, again, don't worry, crunch time free right after this, so you don't even have to leave this page. Just stay on the YouTube channel or stay on the Granners Live channel. Either one works, but first question, Freed Stripling, a good GBP play for DK.
3: Yeah, like, if you're not if you're not playing like Bundy, um, Bieber, like, you're already gaining leverage on the field. So, yeah, I don't mind that.
2: Yeah, does anyone know how to download the missing DLC pack for Warzone? I think you're on the wrong chat there. Although, I, I don't know how to download it. Um, they want Dean. It's a ridiculous thing to say. Who's Dean? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Some random
3: dude. Um, I work with Dean a lot next month. Like Rough no.
2: stuff. I work with Dean a lot. This I work with Dean and Cardi. It's a rough month.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Is that what the gray hairs and their beard are from?
2: Do I have gray hairs in my beard?
3: It just I, sounded good.
2: Am I getting old? Uh, LeBron or Kawhi? I guess we'll go with some NBA stuff. I don't know. Good answer. Swanson at shortstop. I'm fine with it.
3: Yeah, like, I think the Braves are going to be really low owned on the slate. Um, and, yeah, you know, they were really good against left-handed pitching last season. So, if you are on the Braves, um, play it. Like, don't let nobody talk you off of it. Play it.
2: Uh, top three pitchers on the slate, I think we were in pretty close agreement on Singer and Bundy. Um, Singer, Bundy, and Lamette. I think yep. that's our top three um let's see low owned pitcher for gpps i had one i can't remember who it is you said freed sitting there at seven percent is a good low owned pitcher i mean robbie ray for gpps like 14 percent, eight games late i mean if you really want to go off the board and go gausman just in case that splitter is really working well not like i love the padres but gausman could easily get seven strikeouts in this matchup and against a decent strikeout team in the Padres. So they're not mutually exclusive. Although don't be surprised if he gives up three bombs in the first few innings and then gets yanked there. Um, Which yanks and O's would you stack?
3: Um, I like the top five for Baltimore. I like everybody from New York. Um, I don't think there's a bad option from the Yankees. So um we'll have to wait and see what Kevin Roth has to say on Crunch Time about that game but um like overall I think everyone's in play uh for New York and I like the top 5 um for Baltimore.
2: All right people keep asking about the weather guys again wait for uh Crunch Time right after this free today Roth will go over the weather there. Um,
3: Around 6:30 Eastern he'll be on Crunch Time to go over the weather.
2: Yeah so we we don't know we're not weathermen. we just trust the weatherman that we know who is Roth. That's the answer. Um, Singer, good GBP play. Absolutely he is. Um, Thoughts on Gummy Bear King for NBA GBP sleeper. Means he'll ask that. Which two pitchers will give me 13 innings tonight? My guess would probably be, what, Bundy and Bieber?
3: I think Bieber has the longest leash. Um, You know, that first start, he went back out after 100 pitches. So, I think Bieber has the longest leash. Um, Him and Bundy would be my two, yeah.
2: Better play Franco or Peraza. Absolutely, Franco. In my opinion, is yeah, Bieber shock much more upside? Is Bieber shock? Yes, he is. Uh, vomit stack. Probably the, in my opinion, Detroit would be the vomit stack. One last question: Stripling or Bundy? Fanduel GBP. You answer first. Bundy. That is the correct answer. Even though he's lost me so much money, I just can't quit him. He's like that one <laughs> X that you keep coming back to no matter how horribly she treats you just because, you know, occasionally it's good. Um, but, guys, that's been it. That's been Grinders Live. Again, stay tuned. I think we've got the six-pack coming up. And then an hour of crunch time, I believe, baseball and NBA. Basketball is back, guys. Life is good everything's great stevie thanks for joining me i'll probably be back with you what sunday night for a little bit of morning grind is that correct
3: yeah, for sure Monday. all right
2: well guys it's been fun we're out of here see you kids
4: NBA is back, and so is the Fantasy Bar. Six of my favorite plays for the two-game slate on Thursday night, including my favorite value plays. A couple guys I think could go overlooked here. And, of course, my favorite play on the slate. Who is it? Belly up to the Fantasy Bar and find out. Welcome back, guys. The NBA is finally back. It's good to be back here in the Fantasy Bar, providing six of my favorite plays for that two game Thursday. Slate, welcome in. Can't wait to break things down. Before we get into some NBA talk, guys, gotta get over to Roto Grinders special offer for you guys for hanging out at the Fantasy Bar. Go to Rotogrinders.com slash beer, and that's gonna get you $10 off an RG premium subscription that covers baseball, basketball we're about to talk about, NFL, let's hope we have a season, as well as the PGA Tour, all under one umbrella, rotogrinders.com backslash beer. Now, make sure on YouTube you're hitting that thumbs up button, guys. That's the tip jar here in the Fantasy Bar. If you enjoy the videos, you enjoy checking out the Fantasy Bar, that's all I need from you, that thumbs up button. Make sure you subscribe to the channel as well. Going to be doing baseball, a couple videos already out this week. Going to be doing NBA a couple times a week tonight's video, as well as a big Friday video as well for the bigger slate. So stay tuned for that. So make sure you're getting notified when those videos are coming out. And last thing before we get into plays, make sure you go and download the SharpSide app. Get access to lines, player props, everything you need. Better yet, we're giving you a free contest. The streak contest is back. All you got to do, go in and lock in your favorite bets for a chance at some great prizes. Over on the sharp side app. All right, let's get into the plays, guys. Before we jump in, remember two game slate. Nothing's gonna be sneaky here. Got to be very creative. The biggest thing I can tell you: make sure you're leaving some salary on the table. Give your lineup a chance to be unique. No matter how much money, you can leave up to two, three thousand dollars if you need to be unique, or even more. Don't zero out a lineup, especially in these big giant contests. So let's have some fun with it. We'll have a more in-depth video with more games on Friday, but still a chance to win some money here. Some massive tournaments on Thursday. So enough of me babbling. Let's get into it. Let's start with Donovan Mitchell of the Jazz. So no Bogdan Bogdanovich for the Utah Jazz. And a lot of people shake their heads, say, who cares about that? Look, this guy took up more usage and more shots than you probably realize. So, You take him off the floor. You can find this information over at Roto-Grinders using our court IQ tool. Invaluable information, in my opinion. But we take Bogdanovich off the floor. Guess what that usage rate looks like? You see it right on your screen, over 34%. Donovan Mitchell. Now we look at the matchup here with New Orleans pre-COVID giving up the seventh most fantasy points per game to the shooting guard position and this shows in the numbers. Donovan Mitchell's been very good against this team so far this season averaging over 51 DraftKings points a game in three games versus new orleans now Hugh holiday was not in all those games that'll be the argument here but i still think there's room here for Novo vogdanovich a team that struggles against this position and a guy that's done very well against this team donovan mitchell looks too cheap here in the low sevens on DraftKings and vandal all right let's go to the center position let's go with derek favors of the pelicans so zion williamson questionable as of this recording going to be a game time decision and i don't really care if he's in there or not i really like this spot For Derek Favors. If Zion's in there, yeah, maybe it takes a few shots away, some usage away. Still a lot of opportunity here for Derek Favors. If Zion's out, maybe that's five, six, seven more minutes we get of Derek Favors. Never a guy that's going to go out there and play 40 minutes, but not a guy that needs to, can get it done. In Limited Minutes, we've seen it many, many times. So you look at the center position, I think a lot of people are gonna get that safe, cozy feeling and go with Rudy Gobert. Gobert definitely the safe play here, but we don't wanna be safe here. We're in the fantasy bar. We wanna win these damn tournaments. Let's take some risks here. And I'm gonna do that with Derek Favors. And a little bonus here, we get a little narrative street as well. You guys know I love me some narratives. Obviously, Derek Favors drafted by the Utah Jazz, but so far this season averaging 41 DraftKings points a game against his team. So nice cheap prices here. I think with everybody going, Gobert, Favors could be lower owned than he should be. Whether Zion's in or out, does not matter. Get Derek Favors in those lineups. All right, let's go back to the Jazz. Let's go back to the point guard position for Mike Conley, Jr. So I've been reading a lot of reports, trying to pay attention to all these players when NBA starting back up and heard nothing but good things here about Mike Conley looking healthier, looking more aggressive, not looking like the guy we saw pre-coronavirus, looking like a different man. And this is a guy we know can stuff the stat sheet. These are the kind of guys I love in nba dfs a guy that can hit every single category does not rely on one thing does not rely on a scoring doesn't need a shot to be falling but if he is it's nothing but bonus points here with mike conley we know the assists are going to be there a good rebounding guard for his size and a guy that can get some steals as well so contributing in every single category when we look at new orleans bottom five in fantasy points allowed to the point guard position here mike conley let's pair up the utah jazz guards conley and donovan mitchell here on opening night. All right, let's move to the next game. We got Lakers Clippers. Let's get you some value I think is to overlooked here with shooting guard Danny Green of the Lakers. So no Avery Bradley. This is another one like the Bogdanovich. Most people are like, who the hell cares about Avery Bradley? Well, we, we look at the numbers, and Danny Green's going to get a nice sizable boost here with Avery Bradley on the lineup. And I know they brought in J.R. Smith, Deion Waiters. We'll see how these minutes play out, but I got to think Danny Green, especially with his defense, is going to play big time minutes here in this game let's dig into the matchup here a little bit with Danny Green he's done very well against the Clippers this season we look at his salary right now with some of the numbers he's put up we're getting a 7x return what's not to love about a 7x return I'll take that any night of the week and we know Danny Green if he does get hot with that shot and kind of the opposite we talked about with Mike Conley but if he does get hot here we are going to get a massive performance from danny green so the minutes are there that's what i'm looking at with danny green the price definitely favorable near min price on both sides and the upside that we know is there does he do it every night no he does not that's why he's 3500 and 4100 but i think the upside is there willing to take that risk here tonight with danny green all right moving on we're gonna stay right with the lakers some more value with small forward power forward kyle kuzma So with the Lakers, I don't think you're going to get 35-40 minutes here from LeBron James. Anthony Davis we know is already dealing with an injury. Surprise, surprise NBA is back. So I think that's good things for Kyle Kuzma. Teams have to put less emphasis on getting the number one seed. There is no home court advantage here in the bubble. Now still want to be the number one seed, of course, but I think there's less emphasis on it. Why run LeBron James into the ground? Let's get Kyle Kuzma some minutes. Let's get this guy going as our number three option. We started to see glimpses of that before the coronavirus hit, but when I look at prices here, really stood out to me, under 5000 for a guy of this magnitude. So great buy low here with Kyle Kuzma on both sides. And this matchup, once again, we're digging into matchups, averaging over 30 DraftKings points a game against the Los Angeles Clippers. He gives us 30 for easy, 6, 7, 8X here on these numbers. Let's not overthink it. Great value here on the Lakers with Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma. All right, it's time to take a look at my favorite play for the two-game Thursday night slate. But before we do that, guys, we're going to run it back. We're going to do the Beast of the Night contest. All you have to do is get in the comment section of the video and let me know fantasy points for my beast in the night on DraftKings. the closest guest is going to win themselves a free week of roto grinders premium or if you're already a loyal subscriber we're going to send you a free roto grinders t-shirt so no further ado let's get into it good to be back let's take a look at my favorite play on thursday night no mess peace of the night All right, Beast Time, we got to get you a clipper here, and there's a couple choices I really like, but we're going to go with Kawhi Leonard, tonight's Beast of the Night. So we know Kawhi loves to get on these big stages and perform, and I know that's narrative-driven, that's not number-driven. We'll get into some numbers here in a minute, but just think about over the years, Kawhi Leonard has really thrived in these spots, and when I'm looking at ownership, I think LeBron James is going to have heavy ownership here on this slate. I think Paul George, who's much cheaper then Kawhi Leonard is going to probably be the highest-owned player on the slate. So why don't we avoid some of that ownership? Not that Paul George is a bad play, and you're not going to be able to avoid all ownership on a two-game slate, but if Kawhi Leonard is going to be a fraction of the ownership of Paul George, I want a lot of exposure to that in tournaments. Let's look at the matchup here. We gave you some narratives here. We gave you some ownership talk. Numbers-wise, playing very well.
5: What is up everybody? Welcome back to Crunch Time. It is it is a glorious day. It is a Thursday
6: Crunch Time.
5: It's only two games. Do you, do we care that it's only two games? No. We don't care whatsoever. This is honestly better than Christmas. I am so excited to be joined by the one and only Andy Means, my good friend, my good buddy and one of the smartest basketball minds in the universe. What's up Means?
7: I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to be here, Roth. I'm sadly, I don't know, sadly, I'm getting goosebumps right now. I'm so happy to be back doing this. It was a weird, weird end to the regular season and weird last whatever months. Like, let's try to get back to some normal. I'm just pumped to be doing this, man.
5: Yeah, I just woke up so happy and just like all the respect and kudos in the world to Adam Silver for figuring this whole thing out and getting basketball back. The last time we talked, I said, I literally can't see a way that basketball gets back. And you're like, no, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And you know what? You were right. And I am just so, so glad that you were.
7: I am too. And I like being right. That's always fun. But they're just smart people running the show there. There's a lot of money at stake. Um, They have a little bit of an advantage because they have to finish the season, not do a whole season. We'll see what happens next year. But let's just be happy about the bubble and let's be happy we got DFS tonight, man.
5: And not only do we have DFS, we have um, just monster tournaments ongoing, which is really exciting. I think the NBA is not just a, like a million dollar prize pool, but it's a million dollars at the top. Correct?
7: Oh yeah, three yeah. million dollar prize pools. A lot of overlay out there. So if uh, if anybody is, I don't know, um, watching and thinking about playing, maybe throw some, maybe throw some entries in there, or don't, yeah. and just let us win more money.
5: Yeah, I'm cool with that. Uh, it's um, the, the DraftKings one, at least, which I really love because I don't like when the Millie Makers are 25 bucks or whatever. I'm, I don't throw that much money. I play like $2 a night, but it's $4. It's $4 and I could win a million bucks. It's just very exciting. Uh, so I am so excited uh, to break down a lineup with you. It's just, it's been too long. So why don't you kind of dive into what you're thinking?
6: Yeah.
7: And um, we're free. Right now, so if there's Ooh, any any cool. newbies out there, um, welcome and hope hope you stick around. We're going to be doing this at least through the seating games, and that's going to be starting tomorrow. This stuff's going to be on early, so get excited for that. And what we usually do is I'll just talk uh, some cash games on Fanduel, then we'll talk. Um, then maybe since we don't have anyone else on, with us t- today, I'll talk some tournament stuff. Then we'll do the same thing for DK. Um, touch on any news that happens, and then take some questions. So, um, anything else you want to add, Rob? Before I hop into FanDuel, uh,
5: if you like it, sign up. RotoGrinders uh, Core Four package. It's literally the best. It's the best deal in the industry. So, joining up, you get you get you get this guy. You get all kinds of other experts, <laughs> and you get me doing weather, which I don't think any other place has. Um, hopefully, I get the weather right. It's actually a very busy. It's a, it's actually a tough weather forecast, so I'm trying not to stress about that right now. But at times, meansy, if I'm preoccupied or looking at a phone, I'm staring at radar. So just, I figure I you
7: figure know. you got to you got an out to ignore me tonight tonight only. Yeah.
5: Right, uh, and then uh, Friday we'll uh, we'll do what we usually do on Friday. We'll crack a few beers and have a, oh, yeah. a damn good time. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Well, why don't you dive into the slate? I as always, I read your core plays, and it was it was just fun. It was nostalgic.
7: I know. It felt good to be. It felt, I just felt good writing about NBA stuff. I didn't have to write write about Korean baseball. Um, all right, so, <laughs> so we're gonna. I'm gonna treat this as I normally do. Like you know, I don't know. I don't really recommend playing mini cash games on FanDuel, especially because there's just so much overlap on a two game slate. But I'm gonna talk about this uh, as I normally do. So, and I kind of think FanDuel takes you into a normal build. And I guess just real quick, let me just touch on some of the important news. Uh, Zion, they said he's he's going to play or at least the reports are that he's going to play and that he is going to play in short bursts. So what that means, I don't really know. When he was at his normal in his 19 games, he was playing like, I don't know, 31, 32, he tick up to 34. I mean, I'd be shocked if he plays over 30 minutes now with that report. And then what's that, what that's going to be, maybe mid twenties. So that's kind of what I think we should be looking at for him. And then Patrick Beverly's the other one we're not sure about on the late game. Um, he was, he had to leave for a family emergency, I think. So he had to go through his quarantine process. I, I think he's out of that now because he was at shoot-around today but didn't participate. But there's all sorts of weird vibes and speculation that he's not playing tonight. So that would bump Reggie Jackson up even more. And he's a good – I already have him tag on FanDuel, which is a good segue into point guard because point guard on FanDuel is just really bad. You have to play two. So worst-case scenario, Reggie Jackson's going to be the backup to Beverly – and have some decent usage in the second unit, because they do try to actually play PG and Kawhi a lot together. They don't stagger them as much as other teams. So he would have some decent usage on the second unit. If he if Beverly's out, he's going to be a really good play strictly on minutes alone, uh, and he's still going to have plenty of usage and, and assist rate to go. We'll be going up to there. So at 3-8, I think he's a, he's a good starting point for salary relief. And then really, like the only other guy I really like at point guard on FanDuel for cash games is Conley which is not necessarily a great feeling because he has been not great with Utah this year. He played a little better in the last month or two as, Mm -hmm. as they got closer to the hiatus, but this is just a bad position, man. Like Lonzo at seven, nine against Utah long for tournaments, but man, like there's no way you're playing that in cash games. And you have Beverly who may not even play. You have Shamit who doc said is not going to play a lot anyways, because he's coming back from a quarantine and it's been, not been with the team at all. Some of these other guys, we just don't have any uh, minutes on them at all. Then you're looking at Caruso or Moutier, who's basically, Moutier's strictly backup minutes to Conley, so if it's not Conley, it's Caruso, and that's just, there. there's your point guard discussion. Um, shooting that guard. Yeah, it is very ugly. Um, shooting guard, I think you're basically, you're for sure playing two of three guys. Clarkson, who I have tagged, PG, who I wrote up, but I untagged just because there's other priorities because of who you have to play in your positional requirements, and then Donovan Mitchell. I will say right now, in a vacuum, I do like Paul George just a little better. Um, I just like the situation with no Lou Will and no Montrezl Harrell and maybe no Beverly. Uh, obviously, the Jazz are, have no Bogdanovich now, which helps everybody. And I feel better about Mitchell's minutes, and I like Mitchell's matchup better. But just the overall situation makes me like Paul George a little bit. But that $200 actually means a lot on FanDuel because there's a lineup I really like that has Mitchell instead of George, and you need that 200 Long story short, I think you played two of those three guys. We'll talk about some tournament pivots uh, when I get through everything. Um, small forward. Even with Zion playing, I still like Ingram at 7'3". He's drastically cheaper than the other two studs, Kawhi and LeBron. Um, he was at like, I think since January 22nd, which is when Zion started playing, he was, Ingram was basically like 1.04 Fanduel points per minute. He's gonna. I, I feel great about these Pelicans guys getting their mid-30s minutes, so I think he's just slightly underpriced. Yeah, I, I mean, if there's one guy I would take out of these three, it would be him. And just, like, I would tag one of Mitchell or Paul George. But, like, I want to at least get get something out there for everybody. So, who you're playing him with, though, I think this is going to be a pay-up spot here. Especially, we're, we're talking about Conley's, like, in the sixes, I think. Um, you have, you're have you going to have the money with the rest of these other four positions. So, I think you're playing one of Kawhi or LeBron. If anything else, it's Ingles. Like, you look at the other three guys, they said um, Mark Keefe is going to be even more limited. And his minutes, and then you have two guys who you just can't play, so you're just playing almost certainly Ingram and in one of these two studs. And then power forward, my least favorite position on the slate by far on both sides. Man, it's bad, um, it's garbage, yeah, that- it's, it's really bad. And then on DK, you got to do like at least you get Paul George at small forward, then you have to do a power forward and a forward. It is not fun, yeah. but it'll be a lot better tomorrow. I, I, I promise you that. Um, so what you're doing here is you honestly might be stuck into paying up for AD, which is fine, like. Of the three studs, and by those three studs, I am classifying that as LeBron, Kawhi, and AD, just because Paul George is—he's kind of up there, but cool. he's yeah, just he's a little, little cheaper. cheaper. I just feel like AD is the—I'm the least certain of him playing a lot of minutes. He missed the last game. He's had the eye injury. He's AD to begin with. Um, the Clippers have been playing their main guys a lot more in these scrimmages. Like uh, Paul George is at 28 minutes in their last scrimmage, Kawhi was at 30. You can see their ramp just going up, getting ready to play normal minutes this game. The Lakers not as much. Like, but then you have LeBron, who's just a robot, who's always in good shape when he – like he'll be in good shape when he's 67 years old. So I'm not worried about him playing his normal minutes as much as AD. But you might just have to fall on him, especially on FanDuel, just because you need to spend money at a really bad position where you have to play too. So you might land on him. Zion, I don't want to play him now that he is uh, – that we have these short bursts. He, I had a lineup I liked with him uh, earlier. Don't think you need to do it now. So you're probably looking at this. Kyle Kuzma, Marcus Morris, Jermichael Green, Batch as you're you're pairing with maybe AD or maybe you play both of the cheapies. Royce O'Neal is fine too. I kind of probably prefer prefer Kuzma slightly um, if you have have the funds, but Morris is fine too at the $500 cheaper. And then center, mostly a two-man race for me here in cash games between Gobert and Favors. I would prefer Gobert, all things equal, uh, a lot of it. I don't. I don't absolutely love him at eight two. He's the best play in a vacuum to me, but he's not better than like the shooting guard options. Um, mm. And you just and you have to play a center, and so you kind of are forced between those two. The other guys, Javale McGee is more interesting on DK where he's much cheaper, and then Zubach, I'm worried about him kind of being limited. So that's kind of it for me as far as
5: like cash game discussions go. Okay. Um, there's been a few a few fan duel questions most of them have been dk tournament questions so of course we're going to get to all of those in a bit mm-hmm. but here's a quick fan duel question for you it is a gpp question at point guard any interest in sexy alex caruso as a punt and i did not add the sexy mon- uh, qualifier that was that was in the question
7: i'm going to hit a refresh real quick just so i make sure i have uh projected ownership up to date cuz i want to look at that at point guard cuz I, I mentioned him as he would be probably the third option of the two guys I mentioned, um, of, of the guys we have. So let's look at. So we have Caruso at 28%. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with. We have these two guys I talked about basically approaching 50. Um, I personally don't think uh, Lonzo will be 43%, but just because he's so expensive but maybe well, just cause you might be forced into it. And again, a shout out to everybody working behind the scenes on how you can, uh, if you can, haven't noticed already, but you can edit these projected ownerships to fit what you want. So that's an awesome feature that I think we added in the quarantine. So I think I'm not sure it's all blur. Um, yeah, love Caruso though. And that kind of just makes your, that kind of makes your uh, build a little different too, and also one other thing I know. I, I or one, someone's already asked me this, but Vanderbilt does have late swap now. So, like when we were talking in March, we would talk about taking shots on guessing on situations. Right. Vanderbilt has late swap now, especially because these guys, these games are gonna be like Christmas Day where they're just so, so staggered. So keep that in mind too, because I was gonna talk about like Reggie Jackson, like Caruso's definitely could pivot off Reggie Jackson. because Like let's say Beverly plays, Jackson mm-hmm. is fine but he's not like so much better to play than Caruso. And for all we know, Caruso could see his minutes stick up just because they're so thin in the backcourt with, you know, Rondo and Bradley out. So yeah, I like him. That's a way to be different there. Uh, like shooting guard. I really like drew holiday. Like there's nothing about him in in tournaments. I'm sorry. There's nothing about him. That's going to be like a great medium projection play. Like we have him as a negative RG value, but people are not going to spend, if they have places to spend up, they're not going to spend up eight, three against Utah for drew holiday with, um, with Zion back and you have like the LeBrons and the Kawhis, like you're going to get some pretty low ownership I feel on him. And then, then you're just taking shots on all these cheap guys that are going to be pivots off Clarkson. We have Clarkson at 37% ownership. You have like, we saw JJ in that last scrimmage dude got caught fire, scored like 20 and a quarter or something. Uh, So you're looking at him. KCP can do that to a lesser degree, but he's cheaper, but he'll get you some rebounds, some steals, some blocks, um, he'll get you there in different ways. Hard can, can kind of contribute across the board. So those are some ways to be different shooting guard. So I really think these three guys are just going to take the majority of the ownership um, as shooting guard, small forward. We kind of talked about all the meaningful plays anyways, just because you're pr- pretty much looking at this group of, of uh, four guys, waiters. Now there's, there's something you can, we can think of here for, for talking about, if you want to talk game stacks or just how a game script could go in general, I think this first game is going to be way more competitive. Obviously, the Pelicans are going to try to get in that play-in game. Um, Everyone wants to make make the playoffs anyways. I think – and the Utah is playing for something, too. They're playing for seeding. They're still kind of – they're not like – I guess they're guaranteed to get in the playoffs, but they still want to get as good as seed as as possible. But I think that game is going to be way more competitive. Lakers are in first place by a, a, a wide margin in the West. Getting the best record in the league does not matter. If they they don't care about Milwaukee's record is there's no home court advantage it doesn't matter anymore, Clippers are a couple games like a game and a half maybe up on Denver as the second and third seed but they're also just only a couple games away from like being in like the four five six range they do not want to get in the four five range and play the Lakers in the second round and I and, and like you can see like they're like I said the Clippers are ramping these guys up ready to get them ready for normal minutes in the in the playoffs so. I, if that game, I'm not saying that it's going to get out of hand either way, but like, if you see like Dion waiters, that's the guy you're trying to maybe take a couple shots on in these, uh, in these, um, big, huge top heavy tournaments, uh, like to just, maybe he gets, just goes and shoots 15 times in garbage time or something. So I know I'm kind of going on a rant, but I was trying to cover some tournament stuff on
5: FanDuel. You're good. Uh, anything else, uh, big men tournaments on FanDuel, um,
7: our forward, I guess, would be maybe Melly with the uh, with the Zion news. They said Melly would have started if Zion wasn't playing, so maybe that just means he gets a little more minutes. Anyways, um, I, oh yeah, Jamichael, I love Jermichael Green tonight in tournaments, especially. And if you just want, if the position's so bad, like just use him. I don't know if I really talked about him too much. I, I did not intentionally mean to um, gloss over him because I really like him and I and I'm perfectly fine with him in cash games too, just because the position's so bad. But he is the one guy, maybe him and like Marcus Morris, who can hold their own. I'm not saying anyone can guard LeBron or AD, but they can hold their own on guarding both of them. So like if you think he could maybe close as a five when AD is playing center, he could also play the four if they're playing, if they play him next to Zubach or Noah. Um, And in a pinch, like he can switch off onto LeBron and at least like hold his own, I guess um so he's the one who i see could be the most um has the most upside to his minutes is the best way to put it we have him at 23 i could see him playing upper upper 20s and the guy's pretty decent fantasy wise like he can he shoots three balls yeah. he can yeah. rebound like he's a decent player if you run into more minutes or him performing above his head as far as his per minute production if you get one of those he's gonna be fine if you get both he's gonna be awesome so i really like him uh as a tournament play we only have him at 24 percent i think uh Three, six, basically the minimum price. He's one of my favorite tournament plays on this league.
5: Excellent. Okay, let's talk some DK here. By the way, a lot of people in the YouTube chat are saying, hey, we want a baseball weather update that is coming in precisely 14 minutes. So hang on, baseball weather update is coming. We got time. We don't have time for NBA. We got to get through this DK stuff because we got to win somebody a million dollars. Hopefully me, but if it's one of you guys, that's okay too. (laughs) Um, So let's talk about DK. You can run through uh, kind of cash first or cash and tournament together, however you'd like to do it.
7: Yeah, I'll, I, I feel pretty good about the DK build. Um, I feel good about the FanDuel build too. It's just once I get down to the bottom couple, like the last three plays or so are, are tough to fill out for me on DK. I feel great about the start because these guys all have really good price tags. Like uh, I wrote in the update this morning on the core plays that Mitchell, Mitchell's like 1.18 DK points per minute without Bo, Bojan this year. Gobert like 1.12. They're going to play 34 minutes. I would think 35 minutes maybe for Mitchell and their price is 7K basically. So like that's, just too cheap in my opinion. Love Paul George wrote about him and wrote about Clarkson. So that's an easy starting point for me. Um, and then even at the, at the worst price tag on DK, if Beverly's out, Jackson's going to be the next guy in. So I'm planning on him being filling in this guard spot here. Um, I'll just, I'll put him in just for the sake of like looking at the build and everything. Cause that would be my next, next guy in if he, if, if Beverly's out, I'm not. Now that the last injury report has passed and we did not get that news, that's probably going to be um, – that game starts at, I think, uh, 8 Eastern. So that may maybe at 90 minutes before that. So we'll see. Um, looking at both – I'll just pull up both guards here, both guard spots here to try to go through this a little quicker. Because you're get like we, we, the, for cash game bills, we have the three guys I like there. So you might not need anybody. The, the guy who's popping up in the most of my bills is kind of a last piece is Conley here at 6'2, and it's strictly as a last piece. Um, my one of my favorite salary plays besides these, like besides Clarkson and Jackson, is Danny Green. You know, no Bradley, no Rajon Rondo, kind of shooting dependent, but can also kind of get you there in, in some hustle categories, maybe some rebounds. Um, it'll be a grind, but I like him at 3'5.
5: I kept landing on um, Conley and I thought that I was the dumbest person alive because no one, he wasn't tagged in any of the Rotor Grinders premium tags. So I was like, is this an awful, awful play? The answer is no.
7: Nope. Okay. And, he, and I think he's going to be, he's the like, he is the key if they want to make a run at all. Like their, their other guys are consistent. He has been the opposite of consistent. Yeah, and they brought him here for a specific reason. It, I mean, it's it's tough to know what to expect out of them because Bojan played basically every game but one in the regular season. So we'll see how they adapt. But he needs to play well. He's had plenty of time, oh, uh, you know, to get his get his shit together. So we'll see. I, I like I like him. I think he's fine. Uh, it's not the first guy in my lineup, but you also get him at twenty two percent. That'd be pretty good on a two game slate. So I do like him. Other guards as far as cash games. Wasn't really landing on anybody else here. I mean, LeBron, obviously, he's way more uh, useful for me in this forward slot where you're kind of just scraping to get guys uh, just because of the positional requirements. Mm, that's about it for me. Those are the main guys I looked at for for the guard slot. We have PG at small forward. I do want to just – I'm just going to look at power forward first real quick because, again, this is just a real struggle. Jamichael I would I, – I, I like here too, but it kind of leaves me in a weird spot with my last two spots. So we, I actually find them more useful on Fanduel than I do on DK. you might like, this is the group here, the Marcus Morris, Cal Kuzma range four, five and four, seven, like that. I really find myself using one of them because like, do I want to spend up on AD or do I want to spend up on LeBron on DK? If I have the, if I have the funds, probably LeBron scoring system is better for him anyways, you know, you get plus three on Fanduel for blocks and seals, which benefits AD better. You get triple double bonuses, and double double bonuses on DK, which uh, LeBron is accustomed to getting in quite frequently. So that's what kind of why I want to go to this this cheaper range on that power forward. Those guys, those two, and Jamichael, and then use LeBron at Ford if I can. Uh, some other guys, maybe Royce as a last piece, and Ingram's just a little too expensive for cash games for me. Uh, so that's a it. Let me just look at small forward to see if there's anybody here who popped into this uh, forward slot. Josh Hart, I. Considered some. We already talked about Danny Green. Ingalls is maybe as a last piece. Don't really want to land there if I don't want to. Yeah, then Kawhi, obviously. Um, he is only small forward. No, no, I, do. I gloss over him. So yeah, he's he's fine too. He's 1500 cheaper than LeBron. No issue at all with him being your next big spin in cash games instead of one of the Lakers. No issue at all. Uh, kind of just, I don't have a preference really. Kind of just depends on where you land in terms of your, uh, what you're doing these other spots you're prioritizing. So that's it there. Let's see uh, any centers. Um, favors maybe JaVale. maybe JaVale was the one person on here who like if maybe you don't want to go go Bear, he would be the one guy I'd cut out of the four core plays I have if you were, like really thin on one, it would probably be go Bear at this point and then you can like do a JaVale here and then spend up spend up on maybe one or two other studs. That would be the route I see to no go Bear, but JaVale maybe don't really like it even on a two game slate. I'd rather go cheap with like a Danny Green or something. Or Jamichael Green. That's really it for me. Zubach, maybe. Yeah, that's about it. That's all I got for Cash Games. How do you want me to handle just a couple minutes on tournament stuff here?
5: Yeah, let's spend a couple minutes on tournaments. And there's a lot of questions coming in, like, you know, how's JJ Reddick in GPPs, Caruso for the Mm -hmm. win, Uh, the gummy bear king. (laughs) I assume it's the the all-waiters, baby. (laughs) uh, So there's a lot of questions coming in, but let's kind of run through it first. You'll probably answer a bunch of those questions while you do so. And then I've got the YouTube questions I'll take and also. The, uh, the crunch time chat in uh, discord up, but mm-hmm. we've got that going 24 hours a day. So I'll be taking questions from there. Also for the next two minutes, it's all on you. I need to look at the very latest models for, uh, for baseball. All
7: right. I will go talk about some tournament stuff on DK. So I think kind of similar to what I, I was uh, on DK, especially the Pelicans guys are uh, a little overpriced from a median projective median projection standpoint. So like your Brandon Ingram's, your Drew holidays those guys are going to come in with relatively low ownership compared to some of these other guys who have prices who they're priced similarly to, like Drew's at eight six 24 percent, Ingram's at eight uh, three, um, and he's at thirty percent. I wouldn't play. I'm trying to think. I wouldn't play. I don't think I'd play those two guys together unless you're just full on game stacking. I would try to keep those guys separately. Maybe two of two of the three of uh, Zion, Ingram, and and Drew, but with Zion's minute cap, I just. I would prefer to be underweight on whatever he is on the field. And he is at 15%. So maybe, yeah, not, maybe not underweight at 15%. Take that back. So let's go through some of these. So I think the, the at least this way I have um, with those four core play guys is going to be kind of the build. So you kind of have to think what would be a way to get off of that a little bit. I would probably take out one of Mitchell and Gobert first and foremost and then focus on one of the Lakers guys. LeBron's at 51%. AD's at 38%. It's tough for me. I, I hate, you know, I hate having to be low on Anthony Davis because he has one of the highest ceilings in the game. But, again, I would probably just – I would probably go AD there. I would not play – it's tough for me to say this because it's a two-game slate because pretty much anything is on the table in a two-game slate. We have 900,000 uh, people in a tournament. But, like, I would try not to get a make a habit of, like, playing Kawhi and Paul George together. Um, I would try not to get a habit of playing AD and LeBron together. I know that might you might have to just to be like wildly different. I would definitely not want to do that on a six or seven game slate, but on here, that's just not something I would want to be doing a lot of, especially if you're max entering these things. Let me just scroll down here to the bottom, a little further down to the bottom on some of these guys in terms of what Lonzo, I talked about uh, the other Pelicans guys, but I, I wrote about, I think in in the core plays articles. Let's love Lonzo, people. I just don't think people are going to play him with a full health uh, with a full Pelican's roster against Utah. I just don't think people are going to play him. And I he the guy was getting like 50 burgers before the uh, hiatus. Like the, he was – I can't – you know, it's stupid to just say, oh, that's going to start happening now. We've had four months off or whatever, and, and who, who the heck knows what's going to happen. But the guy has that ceiling, and he's in the sevens. So – and he's at 26%, you know, on a two-game slate. So that's something I like. Um, J, I think we had a JJ Reddit question. Again, you want guys who have that type of ceiling if they're just going to keep beating the guy the ball like they were in that one scrimmage game, the guy can get hot and th- they will look for him. It's not just something where it's happened since that he gets an open look or something. They will look for him if he has a, a hot hand going like that. Moving on down. I know uh, Nodo was, is really high on Royce. He said 15%. Like, that's that's a really low. We don't know. Like, we're guessing on how the Jazz are going to handle all this with no Bojan. So, like, at Royce at 15%, Nodo's taking a stand on him. Love that as a play. Um, KCP 9% like that. This what we were talking about him with JJ. So like, these are some of the guys waiters at 5%. I'm telling you, man, it's three, one, like I can envision a, a scenario where this dude comes in in, a, in the fourth quarter, maybe they're behind, they need a spark. The guy comes in and chucks and yeah. gets a couple threes. Like the guy can get you 24 DK points and like what that allows you to do with the rest of your lineup. That's good. So um, I think that's about it. I know we were kind of short on time to get some QQs here.
5: Yeah. Uh, I also, real quick, I was, I don't even remember which player it was, but they were talking about how this smaller gym is such an advantage to shooters that these shooters like JJ Redick and these guys can just absolutely catch fire. Any, like, I mean, you're a good shooter. You've played in big venues and in small, any thoughts to that?
7: It's basically a depth perception thing, but I will, I, I like smaller gyms personally, but it's also, I think it's also a, per by person like it's not everyone feels the same way so um, I know even I think JJ said on one of his pods that he was actually a little worried about the shooting background and initially I don't know if that changed but he said it was a little tough to get accustomed to just because it's all different like there's no stands and there's just a it's it's just different even though it's smaller which in theory would be probably a little better for most of these guys it uh it's just we definitely can't quantify it and it's more case by case
5: Okay, fair enough. Uh, we've got three minutes left to get into some questions. Let's go lightning round style, since I'm a weatherman. Lightning round. <laughs> Meansy, dual GPP pairing at small forward. Braun and Kawhi or Braun and Ingram? Braun and Kawhi. Try to just game stack it. Achilles, DK single entry. This is a 3v3. Conley, Danny Green AD or Rjax, Kuz, LeBron?
7: Can you just ask that one real quick again? Sorry.
5: Sure. Conley, Danny Green AD. Or Rjax Kuz, LeBron.
7: I'll go with the second one.
5: All right. Um, how's JJ Reddick tonight in GPPs? You kind of mentioned that. Bye, yeah, I like him. Mm, any thoughts on Yahoo Cash? If we have time, I don't know if you've had if you have time to do that. Maybe that's not a great time to ask that question.
7: Uh, just ask me another one. I'll pull it up real quick. Okay.
5: Uh, DKGPP is loading up the late game stack fine also with massive overlay on a two game slate on both sites, what to do with lineup HQ, throw more lineups in.
7: Well, I don't, I mean, we have like a, we have the late swap tool there too, if that's what he's talking about. So I don't, I mean, lineup page, if you're making a bunch of lineups, lineup, lineup HQ is where you should be living on over the next four hours. If that's what he's asking. We have all the capabilities that switch your lineups up. Right. Okay. Um, real quick, real quick on Yahoo. Um, I just have Clarkson and PG tagged. If I was going to add another one onto this one, it would probably be Reggie Jackson. And I just, I actually just will real quick, just, uh, just to make sure I have that because he's ten dollars anyways, and like he will, he he's fine as salary relief, and he's going to be if Beverly's out, he's going to be for sure tagged. So I like him as the best salary play, and um, those three guys would be the start. Um, I don't have time to
5: go through the rest of it though. Okay, fair enough. Uh, honestly, you've done great with all the questions. Mostly it's people in chat saying, welcome back. Congratulations on being yeah. back. Heck yeah. Yeah, man, feels good. Uh, Jesse Ellis, it's great to have you back. Could not agree more. Uh, Chief Justice also pointing out, by the way, that FanDuel does have late swap now. So um, some of these questions, you actually do have a little bit of, a little bit of time, which before we wouldn't have. Um, Meansy, I think it might be time. I'll see if I get the nod from Devin here, but I think it might be time... To give you the boot, because we have uh, caught up on the questions. So, yep. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to steal the screen from you or from Devin. We're going to pull up some radar, and we're going to talk a little bit of baseball. So, Means, it has been a pleasure, man. I'm so glad that we are back at it.
7: I will see you tomorrow early in the day.
5: Okay. Yeah, that's right. We got early NBA. And by the way, guys, uh, we're going to start doing – Means, you can go. I got it from here. Um, okay. By the way, <laughs> thanks. Uh, by the way, we're going to start doing both crunch times for each NBA slate earlier in the afternoon and then another crunch time for the baseball slate. So kind of get two for the price of one here. And uh, I will be doing both of them, mainly because uh, I'm here to talk weather and baseball and also because I love basketball and uh, the, hanging out with me and talking basketball is one of my favorite things. So with that said, it is time for a weather update. Uh, I was just looking at the latest models here. Um, I guess Baltimore is the big one that people are asking. So we'll start there. What I'm currently seeing here is that this game will start dry, right? Game starts in 30 minutes. That's not a concern, but there's two things that worry me. One, this line is just moving too fast. It's it's going to get there mid to late innings. Um, once that rain arrives, I don't know if they're going to be able to finish it. I think – especially now that they've got the rule where all right, if the rain comes even in the fourth inning, they can just, you know, call it, they'll play the next game. Uh, they'll, they'll play it later. They'll resume from that point. So I don't know how long they're going to stick around the other issue. And really this is the bigger problem for me is these little pop-ups that we're starting to see just forming. If we avoid all of these pop-ups in Baltimore, I think you probably do get enough innings out of this game to make it worthwhile for pitchers or uh, for haters maybe you get more than half the game in but if one of these pop-ups goes over Baltimore and you get a delay and then this main line arrives you're it, you're done you know you you got you got nothing and i can't tell you if one of these little pop-ups is going to form just south of the ballpark is a pop-up going to form here and go this way or is one going to form right here and move over it um, I, I don't know I, there's there's no way to know where a pop-up is going to form So what I think is that if it's a cash game, I don't think I do it. Uh, I just, I don't know how great of a play this is relative to everything else, but it's certainly a risky cash game play. If it's a tournament play and you're looking for something that might be a little lower owned with some upside, I get it. And I wouldn't call you crazy, but I I think it's unlikely here that we can get in all nine innings, but we still have uh, 28 more minutes to figure that out. Uh, Other spots that I'm watching are the Mets game. By the way, Devin, do we have uh, our baseball guys in here yet? Wow, excellent. Okay, Uh, good to know. Um, Mets game is going to be fine. There's a low, low chance for a delay there, but I'm not seeing anything on radar that is uh, worrisome. And then we'll go to the Atlanta game. I know it says Dobbins Air Force Base. That's just the closest location I could find here. Uh, again I think there's a chance for a delay but there's not a whole lot upstream that one's going to miss south and that means that I think that game plays very likely without a delay just like the New York game so really the only concern I guess the the Cincinnati game is obviously a concern I believe that game has already uh, already started if it were to start probably late started Um, but yeah. Okay. So they've got the late start there, which is maybe good news that they didn't just straight up postpone it. I thought that was probably likely. Um, we'll really quick. We'll check that. Let's see how it's looking there really quickly. Um, yeah. They got a shot there. I think probably late starting is a good call. They might be able to play through some light rain there. So that's, that's possible, but I'm going to be keeping my eye on primarily. Look, everything looks, that game doesn't matter. Uh, the New York game looks good. Atlanta game looks good. So mostly for the next 27 minutes, I'm going to be looking at the latest models and I'm going to be figuring out here uh, if I feel any sort of way about this Baltimore game because right now, I think it probably plays. Like right now, I think, I think it probably plays, but I don't feel good enough about it to say, oh yeah, this is a cash game play because it is certainly a risky play, like I mentioned, especially if there's a pop-up. Uh, with that said... I think we've got uh, we got Cardi here that will uh, go ahead and take the control from me. If you want to go ahead and grab it back from me, I'll allow it. And hey, guys, what's up?
6: What's going hey. on, Ross? <laughs> hey,
5: hey, happy to have you. Um, we're diving right from NBA to some MLB, and generally we start with a little discussion around the pitcher position. We got STL cards. We got Derek Cardi, a couple of the best biz. Cardi, why don't you lead us off? You you tend to sometimes go a little off the wall at the pitcher position, and it usually works out. Uh, what are you seeing today?
6: Um, th- I think the two cash game pitches are probably going to be the two the two chalky guys. It's it's Dylan Bundy for sure. You know Seattle pitchers against Seattle have been the chalk all season so far. There's no reason to deviate tonight. Seattle is bad. Dylan Bundy is pretty good. Um, you know, very stretched out. I think Bundy's clearly your cash guy on both sides. And then your SP2 on DraftKings is where you can definitely go a little off the wall if you want to. I think Shane Bieber will probably be the chalk. Um, he's the most talented pitcher on the slate. It's not a great matchup against a really good Minnesota Twins offense, but you know, beggars kind of can't be choosers tonight. There's no good pitcher in a good spot, and so you kind of just have to take you know what you're given. Bieber is the best pitcher on the slate talent-wise. He has the longest leash. He's getting a park upgrade. And so that's kind of got to be enough, I think. Um, but there are ways you can you can be different. Um, the guy that I think is is the ballsy cash play, and I think a great GPP play, is Robbie Ritt. He's underpriced. He's 7.1K. The matchup is tough. He's facing the Dodgers. People aren't going to want to play him against the Dodgers because they're the best offense in baseball. But Robbie Ray is a good pitcher, and Robbie Ray is a pitcher who, it seems, has made some legitimate changes to who he is as a pitcher. Um, over the spring, over camp, he basically overhauled his delivery. He, uh, he shortened his step in the windup to give himself a little bit more body control. He's not going behind himself and, like, stabbing with his arm as much, keeping it closer in, um, which is also going to, you know, have fewer moving parts, more control, give him a little more power behind his pitches. And he lowered his arm angle a little bit, um, which probably would feel a little more natural. So all this combined really makes it seem like Robbie Ray could take steps forward with his command and his control this year, um, which has always been his big issue. So he's always had problems with his control. His first start, he still had problems with his control, but it's new. Um, But I think there's a lot of upside for Ray. I think there's a lot of potential for him to be better this year. This was first noticed by the way, by Pitcher List. I don't want to say like I'm, I'm taking credit for it, but, uh, I mean, I think this is real, and if you look at the data from his first, um, uh, his first game, his velocity is up, his spin is up. Um, he's, uh, you know, even though the control was bad, I think there's a lot of upside with Robbie Ray, and I think he's a guy that people are going to be afraid to play tonight because it's the Dodgers, but, but the price is right, and the upside is there.
5: Excellent. Okay. Uh, Derek Hardy, by the way, a CEO, inventor, creator of The Bat Thank you for that. Uh, also, we got Cards, one of one of the best. One of the best DFS players in the world, Justin Van Zutten. What you got for us, Cards?
8: Yeah, thanks. Um, interesting slate tonight, especially, you know, uh, given my lineups, I kind of hope that Yankees game gets rained out after about two innings. But um, <laughs> we're taking a chance on not being as heavy on that game as probably some other people are. But I think it's interesting if you note, know, you know, Derek's got his projections loaded in there. Uh, there's not a a, a pitcher with a baseline projection above 20 points on DraftKings, and that's kind of what we've seen here these first couple of weeks. There simply aren't that many pitchers that are going to be allowed to go six-plus innings at this stage of the season. Most of these guys are making their second start. Uh, You know, Perhaps we get an extra 10 pitches or so out of them, maybe an extra inning than we got in their opener, but uh, don't be afraid to do something a little bit different. I mean, I do agree. I think the chalk build in cash games is going to be, Uh, Bieber and and Bundy. Um, I think that would be the most common pairing that you're going to see. And even in tournament lineups, maybe you start with one of those guys, Uh, but I think Lamette and Robbie Ray, who Derek just talked about quite a bit. And, uh, you know, and even Brady Singer for the, for the Royals tonight, you look at the Tigers. This is an offense that had the highest strikeout rate in the league against right-handed pitching last year. Um, and, And they're hitting 198 as a team so far this year with the highest strikeout rate in the league. Now, don't want to draw a whole bunch of conclusions off of just a few game sample, but the Tigers lineup, you know, they are what they are at this point. So if you're looking to go a little off the radar, uh, I think he's an option, but my primary kind of tournament lineup uh, has Lamette and, and Robbie Ray as the two pitchers in it right now, sprinkling in the other guys as uh, you know, in my multi-entry builds, but um, you know, Lament has always been – the concern with him has always been how long will the Padres let him go. They actually let him throw 80 pitches in the opener. Uh, the Giants aren't a good offense. That Park might play a little bit more hitter-friendly this year with, with the changes that they've made, but uh, still leans towards pitchers. And this is a guy that has, you know, based on last year's numbers, the highest strikeout rate on the board. It's just a matter of how, how deep he will go in the game. So, I like those guys. I like Derek's analysis on Robbie Ray. Uh, I'm a little uneasy throwing him into my main tournament lineup tonight, but I feel a little better now uh, with that uh, vote of confidence. So um, those are the guys I'm kind of buying uh, tonight. Not as deep as, of a pitching slate as we saw last night, but uh, some interesting risk-reward options in there. Not touching Hap uh, with the weather, and uh, for some reason, he's the most expensive pitcher on the slate. He shouldn't be, uh, so he is out of my player pool.
5: Okay. Why don't
8: you bring us right into
5: hitters? Generally we start with catcher and go around the horn. So, what are you looking at there?
8: Yeah, so I'm general theme I'm not playing a ton of the Yankees tonight. It's not that I I don't like the Yankees, um but you got weather concerns uh means is not a a gas can by any means. Now, he's not exceptional and Baltimore's bullpen is horrendous. So, uh there is certainly the potential for the Yankees to put up a bunch of runs. That's why their team total is so high. Uh, But generally speaking, I'm underweight on the Yankees tonight. They're expensive. Uh, They'll be relatively popular. And again, that weather concern, I think, just cements that for me. So um, I think if you're spending up, Garver's got a tough matchup against Beaver tonight. So Vasquez against Steven Matz uh, would probably be my first choice. He's had a good start to the year. He's 4.5K on DraftKings. Um, Outside of that, you know, you're kind of at the usual, hey, there's a whole lot of catchers hitting eighth or ninth. Or else you're paying you're playing a twenty six hundred dollars Salvador Perez on DraftKings because they just refuse to raise the prices on the Royals. So uh, Vasquez, I've got some stacks of that Boston game. Uh, Sal Perez is probably the no brainer option for most people in cash games tonight. And outside of that, there's not a lot to love.
5: Okay, Cardi, uh, anything to add there?
6: Um, no, I mean I I kind of agree. Salvi's your clear cash play, unless you can spend up on Sanchez, but I don't think that's necessary. Um, I really like Boston stacks tonight too. So Vasquez makes a lot of sense as part of that, um, or uh, you know whoever else you're stacking. You know I, I like the Padres again tonight. Um, Francisco Mejia I think is a, a good part of a stack like that. But really it's catcher, it's Gross. Um, you know probably play Salvi or whoever you're stacking
8: what do you make okay. of that park in san francisco how much difference is that the changes they made going to make there i mean it's only been um, a few games so i hate to overreact
6: yeah i'm really uh i'm really concerned about it like i know you said Lamette's like your main guy tonight I'm, i'm concerned because it does seem like it could wind up being a real thing um i have adjusted the bat a little bit for it but it's kind of a uh a ballpark adjustment like we really don't have enough data to say for sure yeah. what's going to happen but um, can,
5: you, can you go back and ex- explain this a little bit to the people who don't know what oh, you're talking about yeah
6: so uh so they um they put like in uh in right field in oracle park they have these archways um that you can look into the stadium from the street and because of covid and you know whatnot they don't want people congregating in these archways looking in trying to watch the game not social distancing so they kind of like uh, put this mesh over it to, the, to prevent, you know, to obscure the view. And what used to happen is the wind would blow through these archways um, and now it's not. And so it's kind of like whatever's happening in this park, the wind seems to be interacting with the park differently. And it's creating almost like a jet stream effect where balls are just flying out of this park now. Um, it was something that people were talking about in summer camp and we didn't know how real it was. And now um, you look at – the I mean, the data is very small sample size right now, but you look at some of the balls that have been going out the last couple days and you look at their launch angle and their exit velocity and balls that were hit at Oracle Park at these launch angles and exit velocities last year were not becoming home runs and they're going like 420 feet now. So, like, something's going on there. I think it's real. Um, And so I am concerned about that. Um, On Grinders Live, I told people to stack the game yesterday, Padres especially – I'm on that again today, Padres especially, um, and it, it gives me some pause with with Lamet. Cool.
5: Okay, excellent. Um, let's see, are we at first or are we are moving on to second here?
6: Um, first, I think.
5: Okay, take it away, Cardi.
6: Um, Luke Voigt is um, the guy, if you have a little bit of money to spend, like the Yankees are, you actually just said in chat that you wouldn't do Yankees in cash games, which – I mean, Yankees are like the clear best play today. Like by, like by such a huge margin, the Yankees are the best play. They're the best team on the slate. They're facing a the weak pitcher. It's a bunch of righties against the mediocre lefty, you know, really good hitting weather. Um, people are going to want to play Yankees. So you're, are you saying it's too risky to play Yankees?
5: Here's honestly, here's what I think is going to happen. I think there's probably going to be a delay towards the middle of the game. I think they probably will finish out the game. Um, I don't know if I feel confident enough about that to say, yeah, it's, it's go for it in cash. Because it is certainly not the safe play, right? In cash, we're always looking for the safe play. And I don't think this is it. But if you ask me what do I think is the most likely outcome, I think it's a middle-of-the-game delay, and they will eventually finish out the game.
6: Okay. So, so, then, uh, so that, that makes I'm me at. feel a little better then about taking yeah. this risk, because I do think you lose a lot in cash games by not playing uh, Yankees tonight.
5: Okay. Yeah. And I guess that's what it, you know, that's what it comes down to is, um, can you build almost as good lineups without it? And if so go for it. And if you can't, and you feel like you need to take that risk, then I'm not going to talk you out of this one, at least not yet, though. I still have, Oh, maybe seven more minutes to change my mind. Uh, but let's go ahead and kind of zip through this because this is a a more condensed show. So, uh, Yeah, but
6: if you're not paying up for vote, uh, Ryan O'Hearn is your cash guy. 2K batting cleanup for the Royals tonight. They're the other clear chalk team because, like Justin said, Because everybody's free. Everyone – they just refuse to raise the prices. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. But you have to play Royals in cash tonight. Uh, Ryan O'Hearn is is awesome. Um, And then in GPPs, you're doing something different. But in cash, you shouldn't be playing anyone but one of those two. Okay. Cards –
8: yeah, um, Michael Franco finally made an out last night, so that was uh, one reason to celebrate for those of us who faded him in tournaments. Uh, but it wasn't before he already had three hits. So uh, those are the guy. I mean, those are the obvious guys, and I, I tagged O'Hearn as well. I mean, he's two K, um, hit, hitting cleanup. So I mean, it's hard to argue with that uh, tournament plays. Pete Alonso, like the Mets, kind of fall into no man's land tonight because you, you can pay up for the Yankees. Uh, if you're going cheap, you've got the Royals. And so the Mets just kind of fall into territory where they're a little bit underowned, not necessarily Alonzo, but especially the other guys, uh, compared to where they otherwise would be on a slate like this. So I like Alonzo uh, in tournaments. The Angels lineup's not out yet, but Otani with that first base eligibility on DraftKings. Um, Marco Gonzalez, people just naturally avoid lefty-lefty matchups, but Marco Gonzalez has been at least splits neutral, somewhat reverse splitsy. sometimes in his career. So I don't mind taking a shot on Otani with guys like Trout uh, and Upton probably going to be a little bit higher on tonight. So even lefty-lefty, I don't mind Otani. So those are a couple of the tournament guys I would throw in the mix too. Okay, Cards, let's get us to second base. Yeah, not that glamorous of a position. Uh, Jose Peraza is leading off again tonight for Boston. He's $2,300 on DraftKings, so you're going to see the chalk. Uh, go there, you know, Torres for the Yankees, if you're playing Yankees uh, at the top and, and LeMahieu as well. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of the same, you're going to get people that play the guys that have been hot. So LeMahieu, uh, with Merrifield, 20 plus percent ownership the last two or three days. And, and he's been getting on base multiple times, seemingly every game. So um, those are the guys that, that I think will get the most ownership tonight, Peraza, Merrifield uh, and the Yankees guys. And, you know, certainly they are they're all strong plays. I'm not probably going to differentiate too much at second base tonight because there's a clear difference between uh, who's good and who's just not that great of an option, and I don't see a whole lot of upside
6: in in a lot of other guys. Carter, your thoughts on it? Uh, sorry, I got distracted. Second base? Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Yankees again, really, or I guess Royals. Um, the cash conversation so boring tonight because it's like play Yankees and Royals, and then there's a couple other guys you can mix in. Uh, But Klaver Torres and DJ LeMayhew are the two top plays. DJ especially is underpriced tonight, so he's a guy you should be playing in cash, I think. Uh, You can play both of them because DJ's second third, Klaver's second short. Um, Whit Merrifield also with the Royals is totally fine. Um, And I think Jose Peraza is very much in play. Um, We both kind of touched on how we like this game a little bit. I like the Red Sox side um, a lot more than the the Mets side. Uh, But Peraza in particular is the best play in this game, I think. He's 2.3K. He's leading off, going to have the platoon advantage against Matts, And Matts is a guy that gives up a lot of stolen bases, and Peraza is a guy who's fast and can take advantage of that. Uh, so at 2.3K in the leadoff spot, I think Peraza is a really good way to save money, um, either in GPPs or even in cash games if you do wind up on, you know, too expensive pitchers or something like that.
5: Okay, let's bring it to third.
6: Uh, third base is uh, DJ LeMahieu again, because Yankees. Um, I like Manny Machado a lot. Like I said, I like the Padres a lot tonight. I think he's a borderline cash play. I think he's a great GPP play, either as a one-off or part of your stacks. Um, I think a Cleveland stack is interesting tonight. I think there's value on them, and Jose Ramirez is either a good one-off or, or a guy to play in your stacks. And then Renato Nunez is the guy that I like as – He's very much in my catch pool. He will probably be in my catch lineup. Um, and he's projected a 2% ownership. He's the Bats' second favorite third baseman tonight after LeMayhew. He's – I mean, the Orioles are bad, yes, but Nunez is their best hitter. He does have power. He does have the platoon advantage tonight. It is really good hitting weather, and uh, and he's 3.8K. So I think Nunez is, is a really sneaky good play today and a guy that I play in all formats and, and be – be heavy on the GPPs for sure. Carbs, any thoughts?
8: Uh, not a ton to add at uh, at third. Agree on Machado. I think he's a strong play. Anthony Rendon at, at five point four k. DraftKings has really priced him up. So obviously you'll get some people playing him in uh, in Angel stacks. Um, and, and I do kind of like the Angels as a as a late night stack tonight as well. So um, at fifty four hundred, I think that keeps him a little bit more different than he would be if his salary was say 44, 4,500 $4, or kind of right there around Jose Ramirez and Manny Machado. So this is a position where maybe uh, you can get a little bit different. Uh, Nunez who, uh, who Derek mentioned that uh, the bat is high on tonight. I think he's a really strong uh, tournament option hitting, hitting third against, you know, against Hap, who's probably going to be overowned. owned um, I think we have Hap at 17% ownership. The weather will probably keep a few people away, Uh, and and lower that number a little bit but uh, I still think you know if that game goes weather wise I think Nunez is uh, an interesting tournament option not much in the uh, punt range there other than of course Michael Franco is still 2k on DraftKings so um, you know you can play him he's hitting fifth tonight instead of cleanup but he's still 2k on DraftKings and he has uh, he's been hitting uh, to start the year I mean he's gonna have an 0 for 4 game eventually that uh, it doesn't pay off but so far, you know, he's gotten double digits three of the last four. So can't argue with anybody who just keeps playing him at 2K.
6: How crazy is it that that I don't even see him in any of the Bats builds because you just don't need that salary really because everyone is so underpriced. Like it's, yeah, it's yeah.
8: The, so every, there, there's so much value, and it's not like you have a 12K pitcher um, that you're paying for tonight. So that uh, is interesting. I'd be curious to see uh, where his ownership ends up falling tonight. But I – had none last night in tournaments and i'm doubling down again because it's not necessary and he's going to be owned you know where do we have sort by of projected ownership for a second i'm just curious where we have yeah,
6: he's i think the second one or the third one 11% yeah, yeah. so
8: um, but yeah um, i think
6: fading royals tonight or at least being you know lighter than the field makes makes a lot of sense
8: yeah i mean i think either you're going and i did tag them as tournament plays but either you're going you know you're going all in on them and over the field or you're taking a stance against them and uh, personally, I think like teams like the Angels and and that Red Sox Mets game are kind of where I've landed uh, a little bit more as as have gone through the day. It's not that the Royals are bad plays; uh,
6: they're just going to be overwhelmed. There's yeah. no value in having them because right. everybody's going to have
8: them. Yeah, well, a lot of the Royals builds are going to end up the same, so you're, you're going to have the same pitchers and and the same four or five guys in your Royal stack, and it's just hard to differentiate. So I've ended up underweight on the Royals as as we've gotten further throughout the day.
5: Okay, really quick before you. Uh, jump into shortstop here just a quick give you my thoughts on timing and everything I think you probably have an hour and a half in Camden Yards before the rain arrives that's assuming we don't get a pop-up out ahead of this line If we get a pop-up out ahead it's it's big time trouble but assuming we don't do that and I'm not seeing a lot of signs that we will uh, I think you got about an hour and a half before the rain arrives at that point I think a delay is pretty likely Uh, I'm not sure if they will finish beyond that if you made me say will they or will they not I would guess they will but I think you probably have an hour and a half that I feel decent about um, with the bats. And then after that, I just don't know if it was my personal money. And it was cash. I probably wouldn't do it. I'm also a pansy. Um, So I understand if you feel that you should, if it was a tournament lineup and it was my lineup, I would 100% do it because it's tournament and you're trying to win the whole thing. So um, that, that's where I stand on the final weather, anything, any thoughts changing there? I know you're already fading at cards.
8: Yeah, I'm hoping for that pop up, but I know that's going to yeah. be bad for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah, especially me. So let's not hope for that. Uh, Cardi, sticking with it?
6: Probably. I'm gonna I'm gonna run a lineup without it and just see how many points you lose by not playing yeah. Yankees. So so in a second, I'll have that number. Um, okay.
5: Let's uh, let's get cards. Take at shortstop here because we still we got to do shortstop and the outfield and maybe talk stacks in the next ten minutes.
8: Yeah. So. Um... Uh, this position is is interesting because, you know, I, I'm kind of warming to the Padres idea that Cardi's mentioned throughout the show. Uh, Tatis is 5,200 on, on DraftKings and Torres is 5,100. And you're going to see a lot of people, if you're, if they're spending up, those two guys are, are, are far and away ahead of the other spend up options. So you're kind of either spending 5k plus, or you've got all those guys in the 4k's that are probably going to go under own tonight. People aren't going to play Lindor against Barrios. Um, you know Bogarts, uh, Rosario; those guys just get a little bit overlooked because people say, "Hey, I'll spend a little extra on on one of these 5K options." So, uh, most of the guys in the 4K range, I think, are really interesting in GPPs. Uh, we've, you know, pretty much established that the Red Sox Mets game is one that both of us like uh, for tournaments. So, Bogarts uh, is a guy I will be overweight on. Not much else to talk about a shortstop. Okay, uh, Cardi short.
6: I mean, I think he kind of hit it. If you can pay up for Glaber, that's what you want to do. If you're fading the Yankees game, just sub- subbing in Tatis, I think, is, is totally fine. I like Bogarts in the Red Sox stacks. Um, I like Peraza a lot. Um, you can play him at short also. Um, that's kind of, you know, Lindor in your Cleveland stacks. That's kind of, I think, short stuff.
5: Okay, then take us to the outfield
6: uh outfield it is yankees like judge and stanton are, are the clear top two plays tonight you want to probably have both of them in your cash games assuming you're playing the yankees it does look like you lose about three points um in projected value if you don't play this game because of the weather which is pretty substantial but if you three lose-
5: you lose three points
6: yeah you're doing all this over three points you get zero points if it goes wrong well, that's why I'm telling people. Like In terms of projections, three points is is a lot. But if you really think this is that risky, then maybe you just don't do it. Um, because there are other games you can play. Your lineup is going to look a lot more contrarian probably because, I mean, people are – I don't know. You People decide. I mean, personally, I'd probably uh, – I don't want to tell people to play it. I'm not a weatherman. Um, welcome welcome <laughs> to my life. Yeah. Tell them to play it, and if it goes wrong, blame Roth yeah that's perfect guys play
5: it (laughs) if it goes wrong
6: roth said it'd probably be fine
5: (laughs) i'm fine with that actually that's i'm used to it so yeah that works for me uh all right back Um, to the outfield cardi
6: yeah um you have to play Soler no matter what um he's just so cheap he's one of the royals um if you're not playing yankees though uh mike trout is against a lefty a weak lefty in marco gonzalez yeah like justin said neutral splits but he's still lefty still mike Trout. he's great uh, Mookie Betts against Robbie Ray, also going to have the platoon advantage. And Ray has a very wide split, especially lowering his arm angle. will probably get a little bit wider. Um, and he allows a lot of stolen bases. So a lot of ways Mookie can, can contribute tonight. Um, honestly, I haven't looked too far in the outfield beyond, beyond that stuff because, uh, like, I want to play Yankees. But I think Ronald Acuna is kind of underpriced as a guy that uh, – you know, that you can play also a guy with the platoon advantage, mediocre lefty in Yarbrough. Um, yeah. What do you got, Justin?
8: Yeah. It's actually not as deep as you would normally expect the outfield to be. Um, I, I do think that, you know, in, in tournaments, searching for that, uh, under home run tonight, maybe something like a uh, against uh, a lefty that sometimes gets hits, gets hit hard. Um, you know, if you're looking to go a little bit cheaper in that Mets game, um, Kevin Pillar has been pretty good to start the year, and he's hitting second for Boston tonight. Uh, yeah. So, Lear is obvious? You know, he's the obvious mid-3K uh, mid, mid 3K, uh, play there that everybody's going to go to. Um, I haven't seen the Angels. Has the Angels lineup come out yet? Let's see. Let refresh here just real quick. Yeah, still no Angels lineup. So, again, we're at seven minutes from lock, and the Angels lineup isn't out. That's going to lead to those guys being under-owned. Uh, which kind of adds to my tournament appeal. Guys like, you know, Justin Upton in the mid range are are fine as well.
6: Um, Oliveris is two point three k in your Padre stacks. Um, you know, if you want to have like you know some extra value, some extra cheapness as you know your fifth guy, I think he's a good play.
5: Okay, let's talk stacks real quick here, uh, Cardi. You mentioned a couple. You mentioned what was a Padre stacks that you're on. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pull up the back
6: stacks page here. Um, yep. Uh, So uh, yeah, I like the Padres a lot. I like the Red Sox a lot. Obviously, Kansas City projects really well point per dollar wise, but I think in GPP at their ownership you fade them. But I think Red Sox make a lot of sense. I think Cleveland makes sense. Um, Padres. These are these are the teams that I would be on tonight. uh, A lot heavier than than Kansas City or or New York uh, at their ownerships. Okay. Tarts?
8: Yeah, I totally agree on the logic behind the Royals, which is why I had to tag them as GPP plays today, just because they grade out so well on a salary basis. But in terms of my exposure, uh, it is Boston and the Mets that game. Uh, and then the Angels would be the other team that I would throw in there. So uh, those would be my choices.
5: Just okay. about five minutes. We got five minutes. That is a good amount of time for a little lightning round of questions. So let's get to it these are not questions not questions not questions here we go over in the crunch time chat we'll go with shh ball who says dk cash no yanks solaire or merrifield last outfield spot with bets and trout Uh, we'll start with cardi Solaire for me okay we will kick it over to cards here mickley page says dk cash bets or acuna
8: I think I would go Acuna there. Um, I do like bats in tournaments. I worry about being underweight on him, but uh, I mean, Robbie Ray's got the upside to miss bats. Uh, Acuna is a five tool guy. I think he gives you a safer floor, so I'd go with Acuna.
5: Excellent. Achilles DK Cash question
8: Bieber, Mondesi,
5: or Bundy Torres?
6: Um, Bundy
5: Torres. Nick Fenostrom says DKGPP, you want Alonzo or Judge with Will Myers in the first base outfield spot?
8: I mean, Judge is clearly the higher projected play, but uh, but I like Alonzo tonight, and I've got quite a bit of him in tournaments. So uh, based on my lineups, it's Alonzo, but that is a little bit uh, off the wall. And, you know, if, if you're comfortable with that risk-reward in tournaments, I, I think it's the right move. But it's, uh, you know, it's it's, it's something that takes the cojones to, you know, to actually click the submit on that lineup. Yeah. By the way, Roth, did you see who scored the first bucket of the NBA restart? It was Rudy Gobert. No, I did not. It was okay. Gobert.
5: It was your boy. Well, that's a good – it's good because What was, a story. I know. Yeah, that, that is a nice nice comeback story there. Uh, a few more QQs here. Let's see. A couple from the chat. Did I miss what the consensus is on the Yankees or Orioles weather? Not really. You missed me trying to figure out what it is. Um, I think the rain probably arrives in roughly an hour and a half. Uh, roughly an hour and 25 minutes at this point, I guess. Um, what happens beyond that point, I don't know. I don't know if it's still going to storm enough to cause a delay. My guess would be yes. I don't know if it's going to storm enough for them to play after that.
8: I mean, is, yes. that, is that system going to weaken as it approaches Baltimore? or How is that going to work?
5: It kind of is already. Uh, can I steal? I mean, I, we might as well. Um, oh, go ahead. Yeah. All right. Let's steal it here. Uh, it, it kind of is showing a little bit of signs of weakening, but I don't. I don't think it's going to weaken enough. Uh, I got too many tabs open. Okay. Um, so the worst of the storms here have been on this kind of eastern side and that part would miss Baltimore so it's this portion here that I'm watching and is it weakening maybe a little bit especially farther uh, around you know on the on that northwestern side but I still think it's probably enough to cause a delay here the question is okay let's say they get a delay hour and a half in or so um is there going to be enough clearing upstream or is this going to move right in and cause trouble and I I think it certainly could so that's why I don't think it's safe for cash games, but I understand it. If it's the best play, I get it. And I think, I think you do have a little bit of time here, hopefully, to get some runs and, and get some stats going before, uh, before the rain arrives. So I'm stressed about it. It's not going to go well, whatever happens. It's not going <laughs> to go well. I know that. I've done this long enough. Yeah. Uh, will you take this back, and I'll uh, get into some more of those QQs. We've got just about a minute left here. Uh, all right. Uh, Tatis or Torres in DK cash with the weather news.
6: I mean, Arts. that's up to you. Torres is the better play. Tatis, if you're scared of the weather. Yeah.
5: Okay. Trobe says FanDuel cash Machado, JD Martinez and Upton versus Rendon, Merrifield and JD Davis.
8: Can you repeat that one more time?
5: Yep. It was a 3v3 yep. FanDuel cash Machado, JD Martinez and Upton versus Rendon, Merrifield and JD Davis.
8: I take the first one in cash.
5: All right, we'll go to Extra Crispy uh, with an Angel stack. How do you feel about a five-three stack with the top five of the Angels order and KC as the secondary stack?
6: I mean, I think that's that's fine. I mean, if you're going to play KC, you got to do stuff that is more contrarian and lower owned around them. That's the only way you can play KC. Yeah,
8: I mean, I think if you're doing that, you do you know either you're avoiding. Bieber um, or Bundy, you know, or something, um, which I don't mind avoiding Bundy if you're if you're playing the Angels to hope that, you know, maybe Seattle gets some runs and that that game stays a little bit more competitive. Um, but I, I would, I don't mind that lineup. I like it. I, I like the Angels, um, but the Royals will be popular, and you're playing the top five for the Angels, so they'll be relatively popular. Uh, so I would encourage you to maybe do something a little bit different uh, with your pitcher if you're doing that. Right.
5: And- I do believe we are at the lock, uh, guys. That was a fun little marathon session there. Some some NBA rolling it into some MLB. That's some sports or back action going on there. Um, who's in the NBA millimaker maker?
8: I I have some lineups in there. It was four bucks. I figured I better throw. I was you know I was ready for the show about twenty minutes early. So. I put some lineups in there for four bucks. I am happy to donate on the first day back.
5: That's how I felt. And if there's a ton of overlay, you might not be donating. It might be like a double up type scenario here. Uh,
8: where... Try to see how many. Cardi, you can- did not play?
6: No, I mean, I wanted to draft Charles Oakley, and he wasn't <laughs> in the player pool. So I'm like, you know, yeah. I, there was no one I knew. <laughs>
5: Uh, by the way, the uh, Reds-Cubs game, apparently, according to Yisman in chat, is officially PPD'd. I'm excited about that because I had it as uh, orange-red there. Yisman is not excited because he hit me up on Twitter earlier and said he did not check the weather, and he had a ton of guys uh, in that uh, game uh, locked
8: in. So, the, uh, the Millie Maker on DraftKings got to 54% full. So. That's
5: it? Just 54%? Why didn't I put in all of the lineups? 54... Oh. <laughs> 54- okay, so here's... You guys, you got to help me with this. We've been over this before. But so this means if it fills 50%, right? And let's say 25% cash in general on a big tournament, 25% cash. Now it's only 50% full. So now 50% of people in there will cash, right?
8: Yeah, this one actually pays less. So I just did the math. Um 39.7% of, uh, of entries will get paid. So, still, okay. much better. I mean, it was set up to be, you know, uh, let's see. It was set up, if it would have filled, it would have paid 21% of entries, and now it's paying almost 40% of entries. So It's,
5: it's basically a double-up, only you can win a million dollars? This blows my mind. Why didn't I enter all 150 lineups? Because I don't have enough money in my account.
8: But... Yeah. That you can also, you know, you can also get the, the nature of the Millie maker. You, g- you can also get 14th out of 480 some thousand entrance and you only get five grand. So right. um, not that anybody would complain about five grand, but it does feel a little hollow when in the first place gets a million. That's um, true. Fan duel was like 2000 to 11th place, but Hey, it's four bucks and basketball's back. And uh, if there was ever a night to, you know, YOLO, a few lineups with all that overlay, that was uh, that was it. So um, we'll see. We'll see what the two games
5: yeah, I'm, I'm so excited that we just have sports back in general. Uh, also, oh, you're not going to be people...
8: excited when you're sweating out that weather in an hour and a half. Yeah,
5: yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're right about that. When my Twitter feed starts going, I'm not going to be happy at all. Um, and it's one of those, like, if if there's a delay in, you know, let's say 80 minutes from now, people are going to be super pissed. If there's not a delay 80 minutes from now, people are going to be super pissed. Like, that's that's how this is going to go.
6: It's tough um, for this year too, I'm sure, because like you don't know how long teams are going to be willing to wait it out with, you know, social yeah. distancing and COVID and everything. Like it's different than normal years. Like so, I'm sure that plays into it too and makes it more difficult. Yeah, have yeah, we well, haven't
8: had have we had a mid-game delay yet?
6: Uh the first we had night. A game that
8: got called early, the first well, night. Well, that was I, the first night. Yeah, that yeah. game got called because more storms developed after they took the tarp off and then they put it back on. Mm, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's been another one. I don't know if, if there has.
5: We had, no, there was another game that had a delay and then they there was a pitcher going that everyone had and there was a delay and it didn't rain again and they had the delay for like 90 minutes and it hadn't rained for 80 of the 90 minutes. Uh, I think that was in Pittsburgh, but they just got back to playing eventually. That one really, that one really got my goat. Um. All right. Well, hey, we can uh, still take a few questions. By the way, everybody in the YouTube chat, if you enjoyed this show, if you enjoyed uh, the baseball analysis here from Cardi and cards. If you like the basketball analysis, which means if you uh, like me doing the weather all the way up until lock, join up a rotor grinders premium here, the core four package. And this is what we do. We've got crunch time all the time. So go ahead, join up. And we have fun when, when I'm not stressed out, <laughs> we have even more fun. Uh, let's see. Uh, Cardi, did you stick with the Yanks from JMBP? That's the question of the day. Did you stick with the Yanks?
6: Um, I did, I didn't play a whole lot tonight though. So I didn't sweat it too hard. The first week of baseball, I'm always really busy managing, um, uh, the system, you know, new users, making everything, making sure everything's running smoothly. We had the show tonight. So I played very little, but I did stick with the Yankees.
5: I like it. I appreciate it. Um, and a lot of people on my Twitter, this, a lot of people on my Twitter saying, give me an update on the Yankee game. Give me an update on the Yankee game. This was free. Right before, I said, this is free. Come here. This is where the updates are in the Yankee game. So everyone in the YouTube chat, congratulations. You did it right. Everyone in the Crunch Time chat, you've been doing it right for a while. Everybody on my Twitter did it. They did it wrong. Uh, all right. <laughs> Let's see. Um, you want to really quick, can we look at some Yankees ownership and see where where things landed and maybe compare it to what you would have expected if there were no other issues?
6: Uh, yes. What is that? Uh, results DB, right?
5: Yeah. I will take a guess. Nobody faded it because people only fade it. If there is a delay announced before lock, then everybody fades it, even
8: if it's going to be fine. And I can check if sometimes we, it doesn't populate any results. Right We've got some pretty high
6: ownership here in, uh, in the fence buster. We have, how do I get rid of a couple of these? Uh, yeah, 50% judge, 45% Lemayhew, 40% Stanton, 36% Torres. Um, Red Sox coming in. Oh no, never mind. Not that high owned. Yeah, that's about it. But yeah, these Yankees when uh they're they're pretty high owned. 10. One, wow. two, three, four. Gary Sanchez though, where is he? Is like no one did no one roster Gary Sanchez? Gar oh, maybe he just didn't load yet. I don't think zero percent of people roster Gary Sanchez. Well
8: Yeah, it's twelve and eleven in the others. Yeah, that feels like it might not be fully loaded.
6: Yeah. Um, but yeah, even even at like ten percent, Gary Sanchez, that's still that's still pretty low, I would think for him. But uh, you know, um, but yeah, it doesn't look like a lot of people got scared off the Yankees.
5: Yeah, that they wouldn't unless there was a delay ahead of time, and everybody's scared off. All right, um, that's it. That that's it. I'm I'm exhausted. I'm physically normally would hang out for another three minutes. I'm physically drained. I'm going to be staring at radar. Uh, I want a delay in the seventh inning. me a delay in the seventh inning would make most people happy so that's that's what i want um all right why don't you guys say goodbye cardi you can lead us off
6: um yeah good luck tonight hopefully uh hopefully you crush it um if you're looking for good projections the bat's supposed to be pretty good check that out and uh and yeah good luck tonight excellent cards
8: yeah, same. We'll uh, see you back here tomorrow. We'll do it all again. Roth's going to be double dipping a lot here over the next month. So get those uh, those muscles ready to go and uh, and those weather forecasting models nailed down. I see you got all the MLB stadiums as your locations there on the left-hand side. So you're all ready to go and uh, muscle up for some uh, busy month, hopefully.
5: Absolutely. Looking forward to it, guys. We appreciate you. and We love you. Uh, Jay says, how's NBA crunch time working? Good, Good thing to ask right before we go. Uh, We're doing it right before the first lock. I guess it's the primary lock. So it says 1.30 p.m. I believe that's locked tomorrow. It's 30 minutes before the first game is generally how NBA crunch time is going to work going forward. So early afternoon. Guys, we appreciate you. We love you. Thank you for hanging out with us. You have been crushed.